When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. To the people that have done this, your time is running out. You will be found and you will be dragged before court. The small businesses we know in every sector that are being hit here. Do we want all those local little cafes gone? Our differences should be celebrated. It's something to embrace. Different backgrounds, different races. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. You hardly would believe that less than 18 hours ago, we were looking out at something almost biblical. You really wouldn't like looking out at that beautiful morning. Morning, 0818969696, the number. Text to WhatsApp is 083-396-9696. And your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. As well as the floods and the rain and the wind and the total carnage that was yesterday afternoon. A lot of people calling us this morning about that massive power cut on Friday night. My daughter and her boyfriend were out for dinner and everything just went black. And then they found, typical of my daughter, of course, found the only place in the city centre that still had power. So they ordered a couple of pints and got on with the night, as you do. But seriously, it was a bad blackout. A very, very bad blackout. Thousands of people affected by that. Someone on the phone saying very disappointed with the lack of coverage. It's a recurring issue. Media and public reps need to take a stand to ensure it gets fixed properly or upgraded or do whatever needs to be done. If anybody, By the way, I assume everybody's power is back now. I assume it is. Right, Monday morning, and we know what happened on Sunday. The videos, the pictures, the tweets, the TikToks, the the Instagram posts. It was just, as I said, biblical. And it came down in about an hour and a half or two hours. Uh, It choked it. I read a statistic last evening. Fergal found a statistic. They had 50-something millimetres of rain at Cork Airport's you know, weather observation station yesterday between midday and 6pm, which is more than fell during Ophelia. 
Like, that's some level of rain. Now, this was no Ophelia yesterday, but it was some level of rain. But although, watch the date, because five years ago today, this very day, we were sitting here with the window of Studio One practically being blown in on top of us. We stayed on the air that day till two o'clock. Do you remember? Uh, the city was nearly lifted from the planet, from the surface of the planet by Hurricane Ophelia. Now, thankfully, nothing like that uh, happened yesterday. One man charged with keeping it all going yesterday and will be doing the mop-up of it and the debrief this morning is David Joyce, who is uh, the head of operations for these things at Cork City Council. David, it's not lost on any of us that this rain and wind came five years to the day since we were warned of the arrival of Ophelia. Thankfully, nothing like that, but bad enough. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Morning to your listeners. Yes, as you know, um, yesterday um, there was a yellow rain warning had been issued by Met Aaron for Cork um, for very, very heavy and intense rain. And unfortunately, the predictions came true and there was very, very heavy and intense local rain showers right across the city for a number of hours yesterday afternoon. Given the quantum of rain that fell, the, the, the sheer volume that was falling out of the sky, there was some significant localised flooding issues right across the city in different parts of the city. Mm. Um, most of the of those incidents cleared up very, very quickly when the intense rain dissipated. Yeah. Uh, so within 15 minutes... I saw uh, roads that were under six inches of water. Within 15 minutes, they were bo- almost bone dry. Uh, yeah. And the, the, the drainage system had was able to quickly dissipate the water off the, the roads. There was a lot of very dramatic video around on social media. I'm sure you saw it. There was, and some of them probably was put up by myself as well. And some of my crews who were out through this in, in, in entire event. Uh, there was a number of very, very significant localised issues. For example, the South City Link Road, uh, the N40 South Ring Road, uh, Blackpool, and we've all seen some of those videos of North Mall as well. So very, very intense localised issues. Yeah. The South Ring Road, South Link Road uh, lasted quite a long time. It took a long time for the water to dissipate, but obviously it did, and those roads opened up again. In what state were the drains, David? It's the time of year when weather is changing and leaves are falling off the trees, they can block drains. In what state of readiness were the drains that you know of? We, we we have a drain cleaning program, and obviously in head of rains, we go out and we do clean gullies. I suppose the big issue, as you said, is this is the time of year that the leaves come off the trees, and heavy rain will actually knock leaves off the trees as well. So a gully that might have been perfectly clean and clear 10 minutes ago could get bunged up quite quickly with the quantum of rain and debris, and I saw branches, I saw quite a lot of, of other material being washed into these drains, which unfortunately may have caused some of them to, to slow down or clog up. But obviously we had response crews out going around the city to all these locations as soon as they reported to us, unclogging those drains. But I think it's important to note as well that just the sheer quantum of rain that was falling was overwhelming the system yeah. in some locations without any blockages. Just the amount and volume of water trying to get off the, the roads, the streets, the footpaths, the green areas was quite substantial. David, how much better is our streetscape at dealing with this rainfall than it was 10 years ago? Well, I think you know, there's a, there was a lot of work done with, say, for example, in the main drainage, which separated the foul and the storm networks, which obviously was a big improvement in the 90s into the early 2000s. I think going forward as a city, we need to look at things like SUDS, sustainable urban drainage, 
to address some of these type of issues. And that's one of the things that most certainly the City Council is looking at. And if you take into our recently adopted City Development Plan, you will see natural flood management and SUDS type solutions being front and forward and centre in that particular document. Had you much, lastly, had you most much report of uh, property damage uh, last evening? We, we haven't, as I say, most of the water was contained on the roads. I'm not saying there's no property damage. We are aware of a small number of houses that may have been affected, but obviously it's going to be throughout today and into tomorrow before we start understanding the quantum of that as people contact us and we start engaging directly with people. So I haven't done any major reports at this point in time, okay. but I'm sure there will be some property damage over the next number of days reported to us. Today, I guess it's about debriefing and finding out the full extent of what has happened. Exactly, and understanding what, what, what was done, what the response was, and, and not trying to understand what, if any, damage is done across the city. David, here's hoping that on this subject at least, we won't be talking too often over the next few months. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, PJ. David Joyce from Cork City Council. I asked David about the drains and his responses along the lines of, well, we were cleaning them in preparation. Kate, you reckon they should be working harder on the drains, yeah? Morning. Yeah, they, they should be doing it all the time in the winter because when we were growing up, there was always somebody doing the gullies at the side of the road yes. and doing the drains. And we wanted to do a drain in our park. And they said, no, don't go at that now because we have a special thing for lifting that and unscrewing it and we'll do it. But they, like nobody came up. But it's, they, they're not doing them because I, if you go around Carrick Line, you can see a load of the, the yeah. stuff is blocked and it's a bit of brass sniffing going out of them. So they need to be done for the whole winter. We're totally ill-prepared for any emergency. Something totally people were calling us here, Kate, this morning and yesterday evening mm-hmm. to say that up on the north side of the city, water was flowing freely down the roads and not going into the drains at all. Did you see the match yesterday? There was waves where people weren't sitting. There was waves coming down over the over the uh, seats. Yeah. Yeah. Waves, literally. No, we're, we're totally prepared and climate change, we need to be more organised for it. Yeah. Definitely we're not doing it here. All right, Kate, thank you. 0818969696. PJ, that wasn't leaves. I was stuck in traffic for over an hour. I would say sludge is blocking the drains, not leaves. Yeah, sludge and muck and dirt and silt and filth. And one point that was being made this morning was there was a time when council workers were out on a Saturday and out on a Sunday. And if this weather warning had come in, then they'd have been out on a Sunday morning cleaning up even more, preparing the drains, because there is no reason why some of the video, particularly from the north side of the city yesterday, had gush, just water gushing freely down roads and lanes and and streets and not just skirting over the drains as if they weren't even there. You'd have to ask the question how much preparation was, was, going, was going on. One man who, again, also caught in the middle of it, out and about all evening with his crew, second officer at Cork City Fire Brigade, Victor Shine. Victor, it was over quickly, but it was bad when it happened. Morning. Good morning to you. Um, yeah, torrential rain downpours uh, throughout that period of time, three hours or so overwhelmed all the the systems it was phenomenal i was watching the rain running down the sides of hills like a river out onto the roads bringing debris and obviously overwhelming the drains that were there 
So we had crews out all over the city uh, supplying flood sacks in some areas, preventing water going into properties, into houses, into premises and so on. So it was extraordinary. What kind of things do do you do in a situation like that, Victor? I mean, there isn't a fire as such. So what, is it pumping gear? What do you bring to the party, as it were? Yeah, so obviously we're trying to prevent water going into the properties um, because of even traffic driving by in the, the deeper water causing waves and pushing water under pressure in on the doors and causing damage to properties, um, you know, both commercial and residential. Uh, other issues were uh, water in electrics, uh, water coming down through houses due to the torrents of rain coming in through, um, you know, buildings and so on. Mm. And uh, people being trapped in cars, so uh, people trapped in cars were one of the biggest things we were uh, dealing with yesterday, people driving through the deeper water, getting mm. stranded and, um, you know, getting into situations they can't get out of. So we were rescuing yeah. people out of quite a significant number of cars and uh, we had one lady that we had to take out of a house out in the Black Ash area. Yeah, I read about that. that of course, that's is that area just a little bit below the road level so it it, it it gets flooded very easily yeah there's a bit of a hollow there and uh, due to the significant quantity of water the water had nowhere to go and it just built up significantly and uh, uh, we had to bring in the coast guard uh, crews from um, Cross Haven and the old head of Kinsale Crikey. in to uh, assist that lady out crikey yeah. wow yeah. that's dramatic that's uh, fright- frightening for her I assume she's alright Oh, yeah, she was uh, uh, taken into care, actually, of family members. So she had to just be taken out the, the driveway into the into the property. So once she was out and handed over to family members, she was, she was very happy. Did they have to use that, a boat or a rib or something, Victor? Yeah, we had to, uh, there was basket stretchers and stuff. There was a boat product from Kinsale uh, in the event of it, but there was an area that the boat wouldn't have been able to traver- traverse across. So um, she was carried both by jeep and uh, personnel out of the area. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Now, electric vehicles, there's more of them on the road. This is very testing for them. People might think, oh, I, I, I sure I've no exhaust and I've no, no, no fear of the water. Uh, not so much. Yeah, I wouldn't be recommending people driving into unknown depths of water. Um, some of the areas that we were dealing with yesterday were in the process that we had to recover manholes that were after being uh, forced up out of the drainage system due to the pressure of water behind it going down the, obviously, the, the pipe work that in the drainage system. So there are substantial risks by driving into um, deep unknown water. And um, you may be aware that some of the road surfaces in the city were damaged as well due yes. to the, the quantities of water. So road surfaces are damaged, manholes lifting and so on. And then there's the risk of the car failing as well. Like obviously the petrol cars or diesel cars there with the air inlets and so on, you can have significant failures of the engine by water intake there. Yeah. But on the electric vehicles, there may be some safety systems that may kick in as well. But okay. it's it's more than that. It's more than thinking being electrocuted and so on. No, that's the not, risk is that very low. But that yeah. isn't the risk. But it, the problem is that the, the car itself will just fuse like any other electric device would. Well, there, there's always the risk, and then there's the problems of the braking systems and so on, like that as yeah, well. Being yeah. you know o- okay. overcome by uh, debris and so on. So you don't understand. know what you're driving into. Yeah, you don't. Victor, we're given to understand there's more heavy rain coming Wednesday. So, are, is that known to you at this stage? 
Yeah, we're uh, well, we're on a yellow warning there now for the last number of hours. And again, we're just continually monitoring the, the, the met air, met air and forecasts and so on. So, you know, if it comes, we have all our preparations in, in plan or in place. And um, again, our cruiser will be ready to respond as required out to these emergencies. As always, and a fine job you do. Thank you very much, Victor Shine, Second Officer, with Cork City Fire Service. Thank you. And to everyone who went out yesterday afternoon to help anybody caught up in a flood or a rain or in any way at all, particularly that woman in Black Ash. Drama situation there. The, the, the Coast Guard to get her out. But to anybody who went out, be it the fire brigade, the Coast Guard, council workers, water workers, anybody who left their house yesterday afternoon to help out, thank you for what you've done. Uh, I left work at 10 to 6 for 6 o'clock bus 2.15 on the Grand Parade. It was 7.40 when I got home to Black Rock. Hi PJ, nearly every street and road wasn't touched by the flooding last night. I'm living on a hill. All our drives were flooded. All the drains are full of mud and sludge. I was out at the council some time back. They told me they clean them 18 times a year, but this isn't so. The council have to take some of the blame for the flooding last night. It proves the drainage system in the city is not working, says Brian. Oh, I get your point, Brian. The city centre may have drained away grand and water just ran harmlessly into the river from some places. But up on the hills, particularly the north side of the city and any other hilly areas, a lot of those drains were full of sludge and muck and dirt because they're not being cleaned often enough. Thank you, Brian. PJ, there's not enough drainage on the hilly areas and leaves are also a huge problem. Leaves building up in places that used to take this water. And John wants to know, how could a two-car crash on the Kinsale flyover cause a four-hour traffic jam? It's just unbelievable, says John. Yeah, these things happen, John. 0818969696. Currently matched your previous score of 9 out of 10. The question I asked you was Drax and Gomorrah are characters in what movie franchise? You said Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a guess. You've just won yourself 2,000 euros! What are you going to do with the money now? Drop a these? Ah, drop a these on you. I don't know. I have to spend it. The two grand minute. Listen to play. At 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Casey and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96FM. A lot of people talking about the drains and the fact that water was just running clean over them in some places. Jerry. Good morning. You're all right, bye. What did you see? And we found the hills. Every every the water was just flowing over over the drains. Uh-huh. And there's not enough drainage systems on the hill. Like for every every hundred meters, hundred yards, there should be a drainage where it should take the water. Whereabouts are you, man? I I at the moment no. I mean I, I flew out from uh, Cork Airport yesterday. I went to uh, New York, you know. Oh, good, for you. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. What hill are we talking about then? Go away, you messed her. Fermi and the Glen. All right. Fermi and the Glen Hills. The, uh, the water that was coming down there is un, was unnatural, like. Right. And there, there is a problem with the drainage systems on those hills. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Plus, plus you can fight Mother Nature. Mother Nature can turn within the swift to the second. It's just true, she can. It's just true indeed. Actually, Jerry, where, where you are right now, have you ever been there during the rainstorm and seen how cricket, how cricket clears? Oh, I, oh, yeah. I have. I've been out in uh, Park Lightning and watching it and taking photographs of it. And yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Storms I mean, here. Oh, yeah. Completely you'll, different world. You'll get, you'll get a, 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 it's like a, it's like a flipping monsoon there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then two hours later, it's dry. It's 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 straight and the roads and the paths yeah. are driving in the seconds, like absolutely big, it's, huge storm drains, and that's what we need up there. You're saying that's what we need is clearer, yeah, more need, wide open drains up the north side. Wide, wide, wide open drains, and um, we need something like we have to have here in New York is a, an emergency drain system. It's it's like a big canal, and oh, it flows, yeah. all the water from the hills flows down yeah. into this and out into the sea. Listen, I've seen that. I've seen that actually, where they can come along and they literally lift. You know those tiled seafronts; they can literally yeah, yeah. lift like a meter square and gushes away into the sea. It's it's amazing yeah. what they can do. Yeah, you're right. But those drains and they're all blocked up with sludge and muck and dirt and every kind of thing. Uh, Farinry and the Glen. Thank you for that, Jerry. Uh, enjoy your holidays. We're not at all jealous. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Katrina, a very very rough night for the people you mind. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it was a very rough evening, afternoon, and evening and a night for people. And you know they had no place to go, no place to turn to, no place to get in, yeah. to dry off and stuff like that. So it was particularly rough and tough. On all of them yesterday. Were you open over in the centre? Yeah, we were, but we had to go out because they couldn't get to us. Like, you know, it didn't start until kind of most were fed, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that didn't impact us at all. So we said we'd go out, and we did. And we drove around, and it was just frightful to see people just literally drenched and soaked to the skin, having yeah. just dropped, having to get up and go from where they were taking shelter. Yeah where they were living, really, where they were staying, and leave everything behind them, their bags, the whole lot, everything got soaked on them. Every stitch they have destroyed. Yeah, flooded, waterlogged, the whole lot, so they were running to see where they could go for to get any bit of shelter. But they were running, soaking wet. These are people who who spend their time, and as you always said to me, the great lie, there's a bed for everyone who wants one. We we all know there isn't. But these these are people who who have nowhere else and they're drowned soaked to the skin and you wouldn't see an animal out in in, in those conditions yeah. that were there yesterday they came on very quickly suddenly cut everybody out and it turned into be what it was for them yeah. they were bewildered with no place to go and this is where I think we should have an emergency plan that can be activated straight away You've been saying this for years, Katrina. You've been saying this for years, that at a time, and look, we're coming into the season, we're going to have more days like this. We're going to have more mornings and nights like this. There needs to be somewhere, you're saying, where the homeless can gather and be safe. Yes, where they they can go to be safe, to be dry, to be warm. And so that, like a lot of people just think everybody on the street, you know, have addictions. They don't. 
the amount of people that are on the street now have jobs and just no place to stay at night because they can't find a place to rent. Two reasons. One is there's no property. And the second one is that anything that they do find is priced way out of the market for them. So that's the situation that we're in at the minute. So it's something that we have to look at. But like solving the problems for people with addictions is another story, but something which we're doing as well. Like you can't have just a plan that fits all. We need to have a proper plan in place that does fit all and that does take everything into consideration. But again, we need an emergency one whereby people, if something happens, for example, if we have another cold, you know, freeze like we did before the beast from the east, this storm, that storm, that we need a place where people that are on the street can go. During the pandemic, we saw people just left to the side of the road and that was pitiful. That broke our hearts to see people just... No place to go, they could no place to go to the toilet, no place to wash themselves, nothing at all. Mm. But yesterday, could you imagine being soaked to the skin and not being able to have a shower, to change your yeah. clothes, to no. have a hot drink, you know, like a cocoa or a tea or a coffee no. or a soup? And can you imagine being left then in those conditions, in those clothes, with no place no. to turn to? No, Katrina, I Can can't. you imagine the despondency, the, the, no. the, the heartbreak, the fear, you know? Like, no, could you imagine, what would you ask yourself, am I going to die, am I going to survive, am I going to freeze to death, am I going to be soaked to death, am I going to get ill that I end up in the hospital? No. Sure, it has an impact on everything, and your mental health then as well. Yeah. So, but like, we're talking about our fellow human beings. Yeah. We're, we're not talking about, uh, you know, they're not separate to us. They're the same as us. They're just down on their luck. And if it's down on their luck because they can't find a place to rent or if they have an addiction or if they're just homeless and, and, you know, looking for some place or if they're unemployed or whatever, whatever the reason, does it matter? They're human beings. We have to. And I've said it. I wasn't even going to say anything, but I'm going to make one. Drive on, girl. Drive on. Floor is yours. Go on. Do you know, somebody should listen and somebody should say, we can't let this happen like it's inhumane. God almighty, like it, it can't just happen and be left happen again and again and again and have the debts that we do have on the street. We have debts in squats. We have debts in homes. We have people, and, and now with the cost of living on top of all of it, like everything is getting kind of messed up for people. And they're just afraid right, left and centre. And can you blame them? Because it's a game of survival for the people that haven't got the money to sail their way through it. I remember being down with you one day, Katrina, and we were chatting, you and I, just after the new place opened, after the the the, the, the refurb a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember you grabbed my hand in a grip and you said, PJ, you really don't know the half of it. And you didn't mean that in a nasty way. You said no. you really don't. And, I, and I've learned that from you. We haven't yeah. a bloody clue, have we? No. And the thing is, like, people think that they can... that. All of this can be solved just, you know, by flicking your fingers. Like, you can't. You have to sit down. And like the Lord Mayor, Deirdre Ford, was on to me you know, a while ago, and she asked me, what did they need? I said, they need a place to be able to dry off, to not get unwell, to not get sick, to be in out of the cold, to have a change of clothes. Like, can you imagine not having underwear, no. socks? No. Can you... Like, and the half of it is, is that people have to come. And can you imagine how how low they must be, but then how lower they become when they have to come to us to ask us for basic things like socks and jocks and 
ladies' underwear and, and sanitary products and stuff like that. Like, it's whose job is it to strip them of their dignity? And people may say that they strip themselves. No, they don't. An addiction is an illness. And those that haven't got them, that still have to come to us that are homeless. We have people sleeping in cars that come for food. We have people sleeping outside the city that come in on the bus for to get something to eat and go around town all day and go back and sleep in a place where they think is safe for them. There's too much going on. Yeah. Way, way, way too much going on to be ignored. And this is where now everybody will make the effort but we need to be led by our government, yeah. don't we? Katrina, can we do anything? I mean, I know they'll be coming into you today now, dripping wet, cold, uh, hungry. Can, can, do you need anything right now? Do you know, like, tents, sleeping bags are always great in this weather because they have to be able to protect themselves and, and, and wrap up and with the sleeping bags and the tents, that'll help. But then when the weather is really bad you need a certain type of tint like beyond the pop up yeah. for it to withstand the rain I don't know do they call it two skin or three skin or four skin or something like that but we've learned that that sometimes pop ups are just useless in a situation like okay. what we had yesterday okay. uh, and they'll, they'll need they'll need underwear obviously they'll need socks you know stuff like that like, we, we gave him poor Philip a pair of boots the other day. He took off his runners. And if you see, the, he's got a, a, an issue with his feet. No, I don't know whether it was dermatitis or eczema or whatever it was. I don't know. But his feet were red round. This was a young fella who was hobbling along the road. Yeah. And like we said to him, we have a pair of, we did. We had a fantastic pair of warm boots, kind of a fur on the inside that somebody had donated. And he took them off. Wouldn't be kind of a young fella style to wear, but he was so grateful for them. He yeah. said, you have no idea, he said, the pain I was in, you know. But like know. people, and that's what it is, it's the pain. And if we can do anything to solve it together, right. we, you know, we'll do it. You know, everybody will do it. Do. Sure. If there's anything on, like your radio station will go and get behind it and do it and sort it. But we need to let the government know that we're all there. We're ready for to do what we can do. And to do it, but like, it's up to the government to provide places for, for for these. Like, what are they? The persecuted? No, they're tortured. They're, 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 their they're minds the are tortured. They're the most vulnerable among yeah. us. They're, they're the most troubled yes, among they us. Are. Katrina, darling, yes, I'll are. talk to you again very, very soon. If there's anything Thanks, that people Peter. want to bring in, they can drop it into the centre there, into the penny dinners. You know what she needs. So the people who make these kind of decisions, when or oh, when or oh, when is she going to be made a freeman of the city? When or oh, when or oh, when? Michael. Good How morning, you, Michael? sir. Down there at Salvage M yesterday, you were you were stuck in the middle of this, the drains. <laughs> um, well, come here. It, it, everything kind of gets put into perspective when, when you listen to Katrina Toomey there. Doesn't it? And, and, and we kind of say to ourselves, why, why do we let it go on so long? Why do we leave it until the last minute? Um, and human beings, uh, you know, as she said herself, people, people, they're, 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 they're persons, they're people, they're our own. And through whatever fault or, or non, non, non-fault or whatever it might be of their own addiction or whatever it is, they end up uh, in a state that's, that they require help. Yeah. And why do we leave it go so long? Um, we, we're great to rise to a crisis. We're great to talk about a crisis. We're great to go, yeah, God love us, the, the poor people. Uh, look at the way they are after this or after that or after whatever happened circumstances. But these circumstances can be can be can be looked after and 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 dealt with firsthand as opposed to leaving it get to crisis stage. Yeah. 
And we, we do it every single day, the blasted week we do it. Um, simple things, I, I, I was coming on here to moan about the, the gutters and the drains. And like, there, there's simple things that we can do. Yes, yeah. street floods. Yes, water, in, in, when it rains and causes a deluge like it did yesterday, it floods. But for Jesus, like lads, would you, would you, would you take some kind of even steps to make sure that if it does happen, that we're ready for it? Yeah. Clean the gutters, clean the drains. Yeah. You know, if somebody is there and it's and it's flogging rain on top of him, and you can see that he's got uh, a, 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 a tent, a dry tent, or whatever it might be, put your hand out and say, "Lads, come here. Look, is there something you can do for you?" It's simple things. What what do we need to do so that it doesn't get to a crisis stage? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I know it's a small it's a small thing, PJ, and I know, like say, it got her overflowing and having rain falling on top of the windows here and causing rot on the on the on the the, the doors or the, the window frames. We can avoid, I can avoid that. Mm. I can clean my daughter. I can clean the drain. Coming down this morning, I live up in St. Luke's, Alexander Road this morning, there were 17 drains blocked. Mm. And, they've, and they've been in that way for almost two years. Really? There's water shores up by me. It's full of gravel and sediment. There's actually, <laughs> there's vegetation growing out of it. It's like a little bonsai forest, PJ. <laughs> uh, and nothing, <laughs> you can ring in and you can say, I know Look, we laugh, guys, but yeah, it's not I know, funny. you do. Yeah. But like, what's, what's going to happen when there's an elderly neighbour of mine that lives on a, on a corner where the water floods down? Uh, the drain before and after his house is blocked. Mm. And there's a high possibility that water will flood in his back door and possibly his front door. And the man in the 70s, what, 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 do, what does he do when it gets to the stage where he's sopping up, you know, no wellies, nothing like that. His, his floors, carpets furniture, all those things that he has are completely sodden. Where did he go? What did he do? Yeah. No, I remember back in 2009, in November 2009, I remember going down to the middle parish there. Yes. And people bringing me into their homes uh, where the water had come up a foot and a half, two foot on the wall and you just stand there and you go you poor, poor people. There's no words for that. There, there, there is, well, there actually is words for that. Um, where, why weren't the drains? Why wasn't there adequate um, passage for water to go? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, let, let's be honest about it. Historically, Middle Parish, <laughs> Cork is built on a, on a, a big, big Cork is an island. Yep. Water levels rise and water levels just, just, uh, rescind. Rain falls here. We're a small little island off the coast of another island off the coast of Europe. We're Ireland. It lashes rain here for a if long time. Rain, I, wind, and a tide all at the one time. We're in trouble. That's just a ex- fact. Exactly, and we know, but we know that. Yeah, we've known that since development has been happening here. We've known that since uh, a building has been raised or, or something has been lowered, or the, f- the flood defence has been put in place, or whatever, whatever it might be. So it's a, it's a simple little basic things like making sure that our drains and our things, our, our, our shores are, are, are empty, clear, yeah. to take the, the, the excess. Yeah. It's a bit like, yes, all those plans for all these wonderful, wonderful transport schemes down the line, they're magnificent, they're fantastic, they're great. But lads, before you can wa- run, before you can walk, would you ever tie your flipping shoelaces first? You know, the only subject of conversation this morning, Michael, would you agree with me? When when I was younger, certainly, and I don't know whether you're younger or older than me, if we had a weather warning like this, 
you'd have had fellas out in the in older times, shall we say, when there was more of a council staff. Now it's all departments and there's very little actual staff. You'd have had fellas out there on Saturday, on overtime, clearing those drains in, in readiness. Well, fu- funny thing you should say that. I have, I'd say, a handful of guys that I know here. Uh, one, one or two now would, would be good friends of mine. And they work in silence in, in, in the city council. And I meet them every second or third day. Uh, one, one of the lads, he's a young fellow, comes in here on a Saturday to give me a hand. And we have a coffee and we have a chat. And he's out here every single morning and he works Saturdays too. Yeah. And you make sure that on his beat, on his thing, he's, that every single little bit of dirt and muck, whatever is in front of him, as he brings his, his, uh, his trolley along with him, he does his job. Mm. And he's out there doing his job. Yeah. And there are people that are willing to go out and doing a job. But there's not oil, enough of them. Oil, there's not enough of them. Oil skins, wellies. Yeah. Yes, there was a time, as you said, you'd see lads, historically you'd see lads in, in luminous jackets out there and they dig in ditches out and with shovels and picks. Because yeah. it had to be done because if it wasn't, the road would flood and you couldn't pass. Yes. Yeah, we need to go. We we need to go back to those old. We have looked. The main drainage is an awful lot better, and roads clean are clear an awful lot better. But the drains, I'm getting call after call, message after message, Michael, about the drains yesterday. The drains were clearly blocked up and backed up, and that caused an awful lot of what we what we were dealing with. If, if it's happening above in in the middle of Alexander Road in Saint Luke, Luke's sorry, which is about halfway up to the barracks. Um, when there Irish water have been on notice, they've been given multiple calls. There's a, there's a, a fire hydrant, and there, there, there's a few other places where where water is constantly dribbling down, and it's pooling. Yeah. And in the winter time, it's freezing. And to try and turn there off Victoria Terrace on Alexander Road in a car, if you didn't know what you were doing, you'd go sliding and sliding down Alexander Road, which I can highly recommend is not is not a good thing to do. I, I wouldn't suggest it is either. No. 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 But like, it's, it's there. We know about it. But no one is doing anything about it. Lad, you've been told about this. Yeah. But to come out and fix the damn thing for yeah. God's sake, so we won't have to worry about it. It shouldn't be breaking news to anybody in City Hall that there are blockages all over the city. Michael, thank you very much. Michael Wall of Salvagem, just down a road from us here on McCourtney Street. Thanks. We seem to have had us. Now, look, when I was talking to David Joyce, I asked him about the drains, where the drains at us in a state of readiness. And I guess David can only answer for the drains of which he's in charge and the drainage system of which he has charge. But clearly, north side, south side, everywhere, uh, we had a real problem with drains. You guys ready? We're driving, we're driving. The Big Drive Home, weekdays from four. On Cork's 96FM. After a two-week break, it's back, and it's more head-wrecking than ever. The one-second song returns this week. Can you figure out what the song is from just one second? Is it Coldplay Clocks? Is it Slender? Love is Gone? George Ezra, anyone? Christina Aguilera, Stronger. A moment like this by Leon Lewis. Give it a go yourself. Join me every weekday from four. The Big Drive Home. With Kevin O'Leary, Silver Springs. The new home for Suzuki and Cork. Hybrid has never been so affordable. Call now to ensure January delivery. Cork's 96 FM. A bunch of comments. I get them in a little while and keep them coming at 0818969696. Text or WhatsApp is 0833969696. The last time this young man was on the phone to me, I was so impressed with him that I gave him 50 quid towards his fundraising. Uh, Edwina? 
Hi, How much did Tommy make for Focus Ireland the other night? He made three thousand and twenty three and thirty seven cents, if I remember correctly it was. Get away. Yeah, Get yeah, away. he smashed us. Tommy kind of originally started with a two hundred and fifty target and he raised it up to seven hundred. And even at that, we were kind of thinking, so will he get it? Yeah. And we were just astonished when we counted it all on Saturday morning. Fantastic. So remind yeah. me, Edwina, Tommy is your son. Uh, he camped out on Friday night in support of the Focus Ireland. He did. Where, where exactly? Remind, remind me again. You're in Kentucky. We no? were in Fremont, Fremont. And kind of in our housing estate, there's a big green out in front of our house. So he put a chair out there along with me, all his blankets and stuff. But it was just a look out as well. A local bounce class and pool class that was up the road from us. Sponsored him at the last minute for kind of a bit of a gazebo to put over him. Right. And thankfully we did because it kept him dry throughout the night with the weather that he had. Brilliant. Brilliant. But nice. he, he did. He marched through it. He battled on like a warrior. He stayed out until 10 to 6 that morning. He stayed out for the night. Well done to him. Yeah. Well done. I've some pictures here on the Facebook. That's a fine looking gazebo. Mind you, if it had been last night, God bless him, the gazebo would have been... Back oh, was been gone. It was. <laughs> but you know, even on top of last night, he did have dreadful weather as well Friday night. We're up in a height as well. Yeah. And with the wind and the rain, we actually had lightning and stuff as well. But he did, he battled through it. Good for him. When Who's in that red car? That's my friend. He's um, Darren O'Dea. He'd be the local tourist centre as well. Ah, yeah. And he came up and he supported him throughout as well. Fabulous. Fantastic. And there, yeah. there's a picture of him in his sleeping bag and his colours and it's it's fantastic. I'm so delighted yeah. for him. So delighted for Thrilled him. for him. Absolutely thrilled. Yeah. But you know what, PJ, if it wasn't for the support of absolutely everyone around him, down to his friends, his school, so even the local guards, his grandparents, just absolutely everybody within the community and further on again, so he won't be where he is there with us. Yeah, is he there? He is. Hey. Can I put him on? Please. Yeah. Hello. Hey, Tommy, my man. How are you? Hi. Good. You all right? You did great. Uh-huh. What was it like? Was it cold and wet? Uh, very, yeah. Yeah. We all wrapped up? Yeah, I had like five layers over me. Had you? Had you? Is that a car? Are they car colours I can see as well? You... Yeah. Good man. And you nice little crowd inside the big. They came down with the big gazebo. At least that was good, wasn't it? Yeah. If if it, if that wasn't there, I'd be soaked. You'd be absolutely saturated. You would. Three thousand and twenty-three euro and thirty-seven cents. Yeah. You must be. I so... broke a world record. You was. I broke a world record. You broke a world record. You, yeah. You set your record. You set your record, and that's really important, you know. You did so, so well. And remind people again what age you are. Eight. Eight. You're a legend. Do you know that? Yeah. You're an absolute legend. And remind people again, Tommy, why did you want to do this? Um, I just wanted to raise money, be respectful. Yeah. Because you said to me the last time... You have everything you need. You have a nice warm yeah. bed and you have enough to eat. Yeah. And you think of the people that don't. Yeah. Yeah. You must have felt very sorry for them last night with that terrible yeah. wind and rain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not fair. No, it's not, is it? They shouldn't yeah. be out and they shouldn't have to live out in that, should they? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're a beauty. 
Probably back on to your mom there. Well done, Tommy. Well done, Thanks, fella. Bye. Take care, bud. Hey, BJ. Hey, yeah. Uh, uh, he's a legend. Ah, uh, that he is. <laughs> Absolutely. A local superstar. Absolutely. All right, listen. Um, congratulations to him. And I know that you've worked for years with the homeless, and so he didn't lick it off the stones, do you know? No, he definitely didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well done, well done to him, and well done to, to you, Edwina. That's uh, Edwina's mum. Uh, Tommy is um, fabulous, young fella. Fabulous, young fella. Three grand stayed out on the green across the road, and they got so much help from the local people. Eight years of age raised three grand for homeless. Do you know what? He shouldn't have to do it. It shouldn't be something that he has to do. It shouldn't be something anybody has to do. But he did. Fair play to him. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The road outside Toker Church, which was only finished a couple of weeks ago, was flooded yesterday. How many millions of taxpayers' money was spent on that? I think it was an upgrade on flood defence and main drainage. People around there have had an awful time while those roadworks went on. All that money spent and still flooded. Is this the big, wide pavement that you could play a match on? and the little tiny sliver of a road that's left. And is this the one where there's a a drop-off point outside the school, but where the bus, the bus stop is in the middle of the road? There's no no sort of inlet for the bus. I'm hearing a lot about that. And flooded. So, God. (sighs) Oh, wait, 1-8-96-96-96. I was working yesterday, PJ. It took me two and a half hours two and a half hours to get from Middleton to Kinsale Kinsale Road that took me an hour and a half then to get from Kinsale Road to Ballincollig this was crazy there was definitely some mad drivers out there too jumping lanes and nowhere to go the road from the tunnel to Kinsale Road is just mental says Mary so hang on Mary you left two and a half hours to get from Middleton to the Kinsale Road so it took you four hours Mary four hours to get from Middleton to Ballincollig Sweet, divine God. 0818 96 96 96. You also have split cork down the middle this morning. Oh, yeah. is, is this the story about the vase? The voice of the vase. The vase. For the vase. I'm siding with Victoria. <gasps> yes. Might just be the South African in me, but I'm saying vase. Yay! Casey and Ross. Yes. It's vase. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Vase all the way. Yeah, hello. Now we know it's actually a vase. It is actually it is a bad. Bad. Thank you very much, little person. Good morning, boys. Yeah. And Victoria. I never heard anybody saying past the balls. Lean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lads, it's a f- slower pot. <laughs> <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. Get into gear for 2023 with No DC Cars Blackpool. Skoda Sales Dealer of the Year. Open 24-7 at NoDC.com. Courts 96 the lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Maureen Buckley qualified from the opinion line. I only just figured it out now. 
I said to the lads, I, I half recognised that name. Was she one of ours? She was one of ours. Yes. On the 4th of October, she qualified. It was a Tuesday. And she qualified on the opinion line. And this morning, she was named as the winner, chosen as the winner of Sun, Samba and Styles on Crocs 96 FM. And she'll be heading off for five days in Brazil, in Rio. Hotel, tickets, spending money, the whole lot. And she qualified here on the opinion line. See, it pays to listen to the opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. Congratulations, Maureen. 0818969696 is the number. The text to WhatsApp is 083 396 And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Mags, I'm not going to say exactly where you are, but you're in what we might call a low-lying area of the city that is prone to flooding and surface water. You had an awful evening of it. Good morning. Good morning. What happened to you? Um, so the water came in the house um, through the through the street we had through the front door and also through the bathroom. Um, so the drain we just wouldn't well just wouldn't drain. So we had water almost up to our ankles in the living room and the kitchen. Uh, stayed there for a bit and then eventually came out. So we're all good. We're all good. Not too much damage. We're fine. It was just a bit disturbing as it happened, obviously. But uh, we asked it to grand now. We're going to assess the damage today, but it shouldn't yeah. be too bad. You'd be in the general area of Douglas Street and South yeah. Terrace, that general area of town. Yeah. Did, did water come up your shower? So, yeah, um, the, the shower was just not draining. So we, we kind of, it was actually quite... You know, visually striking. It's just the, it's just the the drain kind of overflows, um, and then around the the toilets as well, there was just water coming up, and it kind of reached the back a bit, and it stayed there for a few minutes, like I don't know, uh, maybe thir- uh, 10, 15 minutes, nice. um, and then as the drains were being cleared um, on the road, and firemen were there, so I'm assuming they helped, and um, they it kind of came down. Yeah. Um, and then the water in the living room, we had to, we sat at our window for a bit and, you know, had to wait it out um, just mop the floor a bit. And we were okay. We were able to, to stay in the house last night and, and everything. Good. I'd, I'd say you were fierce worried, though, when it was coming up that it was going to get well, deeper yeah. and deeper. Yeah, well, it's just, it's weird because when there's a bit of water coming up, you're kind of trying your best to, to stop it with, with towels and we had gel bags and everything. And then there's a moment where you need to stop doing that and start saving your stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to, to make that decision at the time. And then once the water is coming in, you just don't know where it's going to stop. Yeah. Um, uh, so at the moment, we, uh, we panicked a bit. And then once the water is there, you know, there's nothing else to do but to wait it out. Yes, that's all. Um, that's all. Did, so did it reach your sockets? Did it do electrical damage? No. Okay, so the, the, the box like tripped at one point, but we don't think it reached the sockets. No, they're fairly high up there. So we, after it dried a bit and we mopped it, we turned the electricity back on and it's actually fine. Oh, like the, 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 yeah, it's just the, the oven, the appliances stopped for like an hour and then. So we, we're really lucky. Um, and then the neighbours were, were unreal, obviously. And yeah. no, so we're fine. <laughs> good, good. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. And like you said, the minute that the, the crew started working on the street outside, it had somewhere to go. See, yeah. one thing 
One thing I learned a long time ago, Megs, a plumber told me this. He said, water is the laziest thing on earth. It'll go <laughs> the easiest way out and the easiest way in. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's no stopping it as well. <laughs> no it stopping just, it, it just either. makes its own way, yeah. Well, look, I'm glad you're okay. I know that your, your landlord is coming to have a chat and to see what can yeah. be done about it, which is great. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and just, I'm just glad it's okay for you. Thanks very much, Mags. Came up through the shower, but the minute they started to move outside in the street, it drained away again after about three quarters of an hour. Power went out but came back later, which is brilliant. 0818 96 96 96. Now there was a video going around. First of all, I saw the video from outside Turner's Cross Stadium. That was bad. But I figured they're going to be in trouble over at the tavern. The Turner's Cross Tavern. Popular place. Michael Murphy is the manager. There was a video going around last night, Michael. Oh God, it looked awful. Good morning. Hi, PJ, how are you? Good. Is there much harm done, mate? Uh, yeah, to be honest, we kind of with the humidifiers going there now at the moment, but it's not looking too promising anyway. Yeah, yeah, like we've sound systems now that are floor based. They look, they won't survive it. The floor is, we're kind of looking at it, but I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, um, there's wall damage, um, timber wall damage and stuff like that. It's. Uh, that's very pretty tomorrow. You're on a couple of different levels in there, aren't you? Because yeah, since like the refit a couple of years ago, there's yeah, steps like, up and down. Yeah, we have the ground floor and we have a step up then on both on two sides. Um, the, foot, the, the step is about so six to eight inches and yeah. it was literally just at that level. Um, never kind of went up over it, but it went right to the rim of the right. Right, right. Um, yeah, it was interesting for, I suppose, to go to an hour and a half really. I suppose, how how quickly did it drain away? Once the once the brigade cleared the drains, um, it it did subside fairly quickly. Then this seems to be um, a big problem with drains, doesn't it, Mike? Yeah, I like that from what I was hearing from said council lads now late last night, and the brigade it was that the storm drains were blocked up to what they hadn't been cleared. Um, so, like it's never happened here before so no no that's the thing I mean I remember when when Billy Virgo had the place mm. um, I used to gig in there and, and in the worst of weather you never yeah, got yeah, a sop of water inside the door yeah like it, obviously that's not the worst rain we've ever had yesterday so like no. some, there had to be some cause to it um, but that's, that's what we're hearing and the storm drains were blacked up and just hadn't been cleared alright okay um, all right, you'll do your, you'll do your, but you'll be closed, I suppose, for a while, will you? We will. Like, we're definitely not going to be open. I'd imagine midweek, but kind of our aim will be now is kind of to work around the clock to um, hopefully get back on board for Friday for the Cork City game, anyway, at least. Indeed, indeed. But okay. even at that, no, it's not, not hundred percent yet. And the jazz the weekend after, where you'll exactly, probably have yeah. to have music in and fix that sound system. Yeah, like even, like we we cancel music now like yesterday evening. Um, like we had, I suppose, twenty, thirty people in the bar when this came in. They yeah. couldn't leave, so like we kind of continued to serve away there. And like, in fairness, there was a bit of fun and laughing about it, but <laughs> like, it, it's now the the serious side of it. I know, I know. All my heart goes out to you because I remember, I remember the floods of of twenty twelve in Douglas and and going yeah. into the pubs there, and they were just ruined. Yeah. So I, I know what you're dealing with, man, and I, I, it's a place I'm very, very fond of. The tavern, great memories of, of of gigging there in Billy's time and been in in and out there since. I wish you well. Let us know if when you're getting back. Yeah, and we'll right. we'll we'll talk then. All right. Cheers, Michael. Turners Cross Tavern ruined uh, for a few days. They'll be out. They're hoping to get back for the weekend. Sound system destroyed. Floors destroyed. 
wall damage. And the minute the fire brigade went at the drains, whoosh, out it went again. There's a message in that, you know. 0818969696. There's plenty more messages and plenty more calls about floods and the damage and all of that. But I do want to get to something really happy, really positive that happened at the weekend on the telly. A man that I've known about his talent for a long time. I've heard him sing in many places, many times. Uh, he was on the telly at the weekend and he smashed it. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quartz 96 FM. Right, I don't know if you watch I Can See Your Voice on BBC. It's an unusual type of show. It's based on a Korean idea originally, but there's six singers go before a panel, as it were, and they're, they're all you know is what they do for a living. And you have to decide whether they're going to be good or they're going to be bad. Some of them, some of them are awful. But this weekend, this happened. Ryan Morgan, you knocked it out the ballpark. Morning. Good morning. How are you, PJ? I'm great, mate. That was sensational. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been um, it's been a busy weekend. It's been a very good weekend. So but thanks very much. As someone who's heard you sing, I'm not surprised that you're able to do that. But tell me the story of this show. How did you get to be on it? Well, it was um, pure chance. Um, I have um, a very good friend called uh, Niall Wolf. You probably know Niall Wolf. He's, uh, he's a very established singer of the Singing Wolves, um, the, the the performing wolves, and um, the he runs an agency called Singers for Hire. And um, the production company got in contact with him, saying, "Do you know any singers yeah. uh, who would be willing to go on?" And well, he knew that I would be obviously desperate for the attention. So he said, Ryan will do it. So I went on, I, I, I did a few auditions and um, I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted with it. It was such a good experience, PJ. It's marvellous. And I could see Amanda Holden was totally blown away. Well, I think she was surprised actually because um, she didn't think that I could sing initially. Mm. Um, and... Um, uh, which is uh, perhaps a testament to my bad dad dancing, because you have to mime to yourself earlier on in the show. Um, so I just, all, all I did was just give in to my inner 46-year-old. And then I was able, uh, and, and I just convinced people, oh, yeah, this guy shouldn't be in front of anyone. Yeah. And <laughs> Um, but no, it was it was it was it was a really really lovely moment, um, and um, I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted with it. Do you know, as a performer, when you get the opportunity to go on a television show and pick up a microphone and show people what you can do, how does that feel? It feels amazing, actually. I mean, I, I I'm I'm on stage quite a lot, and. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm I'm used to that. Um, I'd never I've never been on television before, and uh, this was a complete. So this that, that was exciting in itself, just to have that kind of new kind of format in which to perform in. And um, it, do you know, the most difficult thing about it is that this was actually filmed in August 2021. Get so off the I stage. had to keep this completely quiet in a bit. 
Yeah, yeah. The only people who knew were Niall Wolf, who was orig- who was originally um, approached, and my wife. Those were the only people who knew. Um, so uh, everything had to get completely quiet because I'm a poet uh, in the program. Um, so if I tried to sort of like you know tell people this was going on, it it, it could potentially have have tipped the hand, you know, uh, for the viewing public. So, yeah, so th- th- this is over a year old uh, now at this stage. Crikey. Tell us a bit about yourself, Ryan Morgan, because you've been around the scene for a bit, and as I said, I've heard you sing, and that lovely Welsh accent. Tell me about yourself. Oh, well, um, well, um, thanks thanks for the compliment for the lovely Welsh accent. I had I had no hand, no part in that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I moved over here uh, with my wife, who's Irish, in 2003, and um, I live in Cove. Mm-hmm. And um, when I first moved over, I I, I was um, I was a lecturer. I was a law lecturer, actually. And um, but then at the age of 30, I kind of chucked it all in, and I decided to pursue. My passion, which was to be a singer, I'd always wanted to be a singer. It was, it was, it was something that was sort of like um, just always worming its way in the back of my head. And mm. and my family and my wife in particular was very, very supportive, and they said, "You go for it." Is there a little so, factory so we in went. the valleys, Ryan, where they breed singers? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, from the Hoover factory where my dad worked. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it, it does seem to be a bit of a stereotype. Now the thing is, I'm I'm truly terrible at rugby. <laughs> and um, and I'm far too tall to fit down a mine, so um, th- that only left singing. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> what what part are you actually from? What part of Wales? I'm from the South Wales Valleys, um, a place called Merthyr Tydfil, at the heads there. of the valleys. Which is, I've been to Merthyr. You've been to Merthyr. I've driven around you... Wales once or twice, and I've been to Merthyr. I have. If a place has a name like Merthyr Tydfil, you have to see it. Well, I, I, I was I was reliably informed recently that that during uh, sort of the eighties and nineties, when you'd get sort of um, sort of BBC Wales news or HTV news, that mm-hmm. always uh, always at the end there'd be a like, and there was a murder in Merthyr Tydfil. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, loads of Irish people have heard of Merthyr Tydfil. So I'm surprised you went there and you came back with your wallet to the perfect. <laughs> Where <laughs> is it? HTV? I remember HTV very well. HTV Absolutely. Wales. Absolutely. They're trying to tune it in. Yeah. You know, and there's bad weather in Merthyr Tilford again. There's always bad weather. In oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan, yeah, we're yeah. really, um, we're really proud of you. You're one of ours now. You know that, don't you? I hope so. I mean, I I have to remind myself all the time that I wasn't actually born here. Do you know? I have no, to. I know. <laughs> I know. What but, what happens um, next? Now you said you've been keeping this a secret since August. So is there more secrets? No, no, there are no other secrets. I mean, I have, um, I'm singing in the Lord Mayor's Christmas concert um, again on December the 3rd. And uh, I'm singing in Finbar's Cathedral on December the 17th. If anybody wants to come along for a, um, for a, for a Christmas program. I'm always busy. I, I teach in the School of Music as a singing lecturer. Yeah. And, um, and I also, so always performing, always, always doing Weddings and corporate events and 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 concerts were uh, and stuff like that. So, so I'm going to carry on going. And and believe it or not, I am actually a poet. I have I, I I've written a few hundred uh, poems over lockdown. So I'm going to try and put those into some kind of book and, All right. and try and flog them on the street. That's my idea. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know when it's out. We'll help you do just that. If if only for the chance to hear the lovely uh, Merthyr Tidville tones again. Thank you very much, Ryan. Ryan Morgan, of course, uh, of Wales, of Welsh extract, but now living in Cove since 2003. And on the telly, 
on I Can See Your Voice and done us proud so he did. Thank you, Ryan. 0818 96 96 96 and well done to you. A couple more of your comments coming in. Look, we're just really busy this morning. Um, I feel so ashamed. I feel so ashamed of myself. I was in the city yesterday and my only thought was, will I make it to Dunn's to do my shopping and, and get home okay? I didn't give the homeless a second thought until I saw a message from Katrina on my news feed last night. I feel so ashamed and it's so sad that Katrina is looking for tents for people. I mean, these people should have proper shelter. I have clean duvets and covers ready to go. Where can I bring them? Sorry, it can't come on here, says Ed. And if you just go into the Penny Dinners place inside in town, into Little Hanover Street there, and they'll take them from you with open arms, and they'll be so, so grateful for them. Handful of drains in Carrigaline this morning for the last few years, all blocked. Most of them have leaves on top, but you can see sludge and gravel and dirt and filth underneath. I called the council two years ago, but the drains are still not cleared. Sandra got in touch to say, my daughter's getting married in May. She had flights and accommodation booked with months. This is May now, next year. And yesterday her flight was cancelled. She booked it through Love Holiday, but it was Ryanair who cancelled the flights. Now she has to rebook it and it's more expensive. Has this happened to anyone else? Is Ryanair liable? I think she may be entitled to something under her travel insurance. Don't take my word for it, but she might. 0818 96 96 96. Now, it was a really shocking story. A horrific murder of a man in Balancholic. The man's name was Mikolai Vilk. He was 35 at the time. It happened in his own house at Maglin Bridge in Balancholic, June of 2018. His wife, Elisbeta, uh, who was there with him, she was also injured. Their children were also on the property. They weren't hurt. Now, to this day, uh, we don't know what happened to Mikolai Vilk, who killed him. Uh, who was responsible for his death. There was an inquest recently and it was kind of open and closed and then it emerged that there is a file in preparation for the Director of Public Prosecutions and Mooney, the Irish Sun, can bring us up to speed. I've summarised it to what we know to date, and What's new? Good morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. Uh, well, what's new is actually the fact that a file is going to the DPP. Um, the guards have worked extremely hard in this one. And even though it was four years ago, over four years now, um, I, I think that um, there has been a massive investigation into the killing of Mikolaya. Um, the, the, um, the whole, the, the, it was such a, a, a horrific um, attack that I think it left an imprint on on the minds and, and the hearts of everybody that, that read it because Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy That's just not who I am but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Um, he they had no he had never come to their attention before he he appears to have been a completely innocent victim of a, of an attack um and there were lots of theories at the time as to why he may have been attacked in this manner um he he as you know he was polish he was a gardener he he was really loved by all the people that he worked for um he was never in trouble. He looked after his wife and family extremely well. And um, they were living in that rented house on the outskirts of Ballincollig. Um, and as you know, on that awful night, um, the, the door burst in and he was attacked with machetes um, and and other implements. And I suppose to put it crudely, he was literally hacked to death. Um, yeah. Now, he didn't, he didn't die at the scene, but he was rushed. She she was also um, injured, um, and both of them were rushed to uh, Cork University Hospital, where I'm told that his his wounds and and his injuries were so horrific that um, people the people who were attended to him um, actually needed some counselling afterwards yes. um, because I don't think they'd ever seen anything as brutal as this. And it, it was an, a highly unusual attack as well, PJ, for, for Cork, well, for Ireland. I mean, you know, um, when it, it generally isn't that up close and personal mm. um, most of the time, but this appeared to be a very up close and personal attack which was apparently sending out a message to somebody or yeah. like, you it, know it, initially people thought that it was a mistaken identity or what was going on but it wasn't, he was singled out for something, there have been arrests over the years haven't there Anne? There have yes there have been a series of arrests over the years um, there were um, there were uh, uh, in, including um, Irish Cork Cork men um, and um, and people from uh, Eastern Europe or Central Europe um, and and certainly Gardaí did liaise with with Interpol and Europol um, in an attempt to establish what could have what could have led to this yeah. but again the, the you know it seemed to all come up um it, the, this was a really well planned attack pj because um you know they 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 arrived they attacked they left um but they had a getaway car ready that car yes. was found burned out yes. um 
you know, um, in in another uh, area. Um, you know, there appear to be a whole series of escapes planned, and I think that's where the um, where the uh, where the Irish connection came into being. Um, and there was talk that it was um, it was drugs, international drugs. Um, yes. There was suspicion of an organised crime connection for a while, wasn't there? Yes, yes, there was, and uh, there was also um, was also kind of felt that because he had the gardening business, that um, you know it would have been seen as a means of them of laundering money through it, um, and that he had refused to cooperate or to help them in any way in that respect because he wasn't a criminal. Yes. Um and it seemed to it seemed to all sort of you know, nobody knows for sure. That's the bottom line. Yes. Um and um and how far this will go in terms of files being sent to the DPP, you know. Um mm. while it's regarded as a breakthrough that files have been sent to the DPP, there is nothing to guarantee that anything will follow indeed, on indeed. after it. Do do we um, know and have- whether there's one is it a file on one individual or a file on more than one person? I would imagine it's a file on more than one people and a, a one more than one person. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was core connection that was that that, that this focused on. But I I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, I think as well that um, that there is probably a problem because the only witness to the to to this horrific attack um, was his wife. Um, and children, and as soon as um, she was released from hospital, she fled back to Poland, never to return to Cork again. Indeed. And has she been, has she been interviewed matter. by Gardaí? Do you know? Um, I, I, I her yes, she had been interviewed, but I'm not too sure if um, if there was any great um, level of um, cooperation yeah, there. The poor, the poor um, woman was traumatised. Um, but then when you're when you're scared out of your mind, you yeah. know, and you have children to protect as well, there you know. Go. There you go. And thank you. That's the latest in the case of the murder, the brutal murder of Mikolaj Wilk, who, a Polish man who ran a little gardening business around Balancholic, never known to the guards, never known to have any criminal connection seemingly just getting on with his life like thousands of other Polish immigrants to our country and he was hacked to death um, in June of 2018 file gone to the DPP now and that can take time, that can take a lot of time before anything comes forward thank you Anne, that's Anne Mooney of uh, the Irish Sun 0818969696 do recall hearing about social services being involved, obviously with children, social services would be would be called in, and it was one of the most horrific things that even even really experienced people were the most horrific things they had ever heard. Oh, where I've seen oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Ryan Morgan, what a guy! How many strings does he actually have in his bow? He was one of our lecturers in the law faculty in UCC around two thousand and six. Mighty stuff. There was a. In the course of the floods yesterday, there was a fella seen carrying a woman out of Paddy the Farmers. I don't know if you saw it. I saw the video, a quick clip of video. His name is Ian. Um, and he's a local hero now, down around Paddy the Farmers. He literally carried a woman out of the place, like, in the middle of it all. Unfortunately, he won't be able to take a call from us. Um, but we did, we did make contact with him. Um, being hailed as a local hero 
within the Douglas Street area is fabulous, but I only did what was right at the time. Strong community spirit among us all, from young to old. Everybody helped where they can, and it brought back just basic human kindness. Hopefully it'll be a strong eye-opener for City Hall that there's a lot to be done and it needs to be done quickly. Credit to yourself and the team. Have a good one. Yeah, he works in paddies. Sorry, he works in paddies. He didn't carry her out of paddies, but, you know, you get my drift. He carried her through the rain and the floods to get her to wherever she needed to go. Decent lad. Well done, Ian. 0818-969696 on Katrina and the flooding and what she was saying about politics and government and all of that. You only ever see Michal Martin and the rest of them opening things and giving good news. Once or twice in their term, they'll visit Katrina. A lot of the factories, for example, the involvement of the government is minimal. It's the good work of the IDA that's crucial in landing those factories. But the government could make a huge impact on the people Katrina deals with. That should be what they're researching and visiting. Someone send me Hall and Leo that podcast. Not even a need to do that because we know that they listen. Michal has an office in Turner's Cross and we know that they monitor the show there. We know that all of our major political parties and all of our major political offices listen to this show and listen to our podcasts. So they'll have heard Katrina. You may be absolutely sure of it. 0818 96 96 96. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. Trash Culture Review's Premier Edition is bringing together 15 Cork artists working under the radar for one night only in one of Cork's finest venues, the Kino. Taking place on Sunday, October 23rd, this Premier Edition will feature a number of performances from a wide variety of artists from across the spectrum. Access all areas. Cork Orchestral Society makes a welcome return with an exciting program for autumn winter 2022. They're pleased to announce 12 spectacular shows taking place in venues across the city, including the Solace Quartet on November 10th in the Curtis Auditorium. Tickets and details are available at CorkOrchestralSociety.ie Access All Areas You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events or gigs by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. This isn't really a thing here just yet, but it's happening in the UK, and I'm wondering how you'd feel. We don't, I don't, I don't think we yet have any shops where there are no counters anymore, where it's all these automated tills. The, the Tesco, all right, down there on the Douglas Road by St. Finbar's, that's about the closest, I think, to a till that isn't manned anymore, even though there is always someone there who will take your stuff at the counter. Uh, most people use the, the automatics. There's a couple of stories going around the UK, and I just get to get a sounding from you on this Monday morning, how you feel about them. Um, there's a story from the Metro magazine, man called Jonathan Rosen. He wanted to go into Tesco's to buy a sandwich. He was making a packed lunch for his son the following morning and he wanted to go into the Tesco to get a sandwich. And, and it's one of these ones where there are no counter staff. So he wasn't allowed in because he doesn't have a Tesco club card. And they wouldn't let him in unless he signed up for an app 
and literally opened a club card account there and then on his phone. Only then could he access the store. But he said, look, I don't want a club card. I just want to buy a sandwich for my son. I don't, I'm not even a regular here. I'm just passing and I want to go in and I want to buy a sandwich for my son's lunch and don't want all this nonsense about apps and club cards. And the employees said, look, it's store policy now. And it seems to be what customers want. Very soon, all stores will be like this. There is a series of stores in the UK where they're checking this out to see how people would take to it just being automated tills. Um, there was a few Facebook posts as well about this. They're all doing it now in the UK, or at least they're experimenting with it. Asda, Tesco, Morrison's, all the other stores. How do you feel about There's a lot of them out there. There's, I use them sometimes. I don't use them other times. They tend to get jammed up more than they work, if you ask me. There's a lot of places have them. Now, how do you feel? My local centre has put one in, and when it gets busy, it's easy to fly through that one. But how do you feel about these automated tills? Uh, someone said to me recently who works in retail and other such industries that when you put up the minimum wage you're actually funding more and more of those automated tills. Do you use them? Or do you walk straight past them and look to speak to someone at the counter? What's your view? 0818 96 96 96. Now, there's a... We, we've, I think we've talked, we have talked to Martin Condon on the show before. He's been campaigning now for over 10 years to legalise cannabis and do away with what he calls the prohibition culture on cannabis. He believes that the criminalisation of cannabis and cannabis use is wrong. And Martin is looking for a venue at the moment to organise a Christmas market style event for Cork where the growers and the dealers and the users can all come together and buy and sell and just enjoy the use of cannabis. There was an event earlier this month in Dublin organised by the Group for Cannabis Reform and um, Mark was at that event. You were invited to be there. Mark, how did it go? Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Vijay. It was, uh, it was very successful last uh, the, the last event above in Dublin, I have to say. Um, we had almost 200 people show up and uh, enjoy the, the festivities of the day where they were able to purchase various uh, cannabis-based products and, uh, and, and socialise then as well in, a, in what was referred to as uh, probably the, the first ever cannabis lounge in, in Ireland. How do you manage to do such a thing without attracting the interest of Ungarda Siakana, shall we say? Yeah, I, I suppose there, there's a very strong community of people that are w- working in the, the background or the underground, uh, the, whichever you want to call it. Um, but th- these people are determined um, to, to undo the harms caused by cannabis prohibition. And one of those big harms is a, a lack of opportunity for people who enjoy cannabis to, to socialise with, with like-minded individuals. And to be fair, it's, it's one of the biggest things hold, holding back our community is the, the division within its community. Um because a lot of people are afraid of one another. And we're trying to undo that, uh, that fear, that stigma caused, caused by cannabis prohibition. Come back to what I asked you, though. Did the guards not show up expecting to have a conversation? They didn't. No, they didn't show up. Uh, we we done our part. Um, well, the, the organisers did their part um, to make sure that the location wa- wasn't leaked before the event. Uh, attendees were, were told to arrive in Dublin city centre, which is a very large area. Mm. Um, and at two o'clock that day, then, well, about 10 to 2, the location was sent out to the different individuals who kind of had 
the ability to invite people. Right. Um, and those people then would have passed on the information to the people they invited along. Um, it was by word of mouth. It was very select. Uh, the people who got to attend us for, for obvious reasons, you know, we, we didn't want uh, the guards to show up. Yeah. But at the same time, if they did, I, I suppose that that would have brought on the next part of this, which would have been capturing that, showing the heavy-handed response that's there. You know, you've got a couple of people sitting around the room consuming cannabis, laughing, joking. You know, it's, it's very innocent. It's nonsense, the, yeah. the, the prohibition of cannabis to become criminalizing these people for what it is that they're doing. Now, the plan is to hold a Cork event uh, this side of Christmas, a kind of a Cork Christmas cannabis market. How far down the road of planning it are you? Yeah, it's, it's still in the works. Um, it, it's pretty difficult, I suppose, as, as you know, obviously to, to get a venue for, for such an event, but it's something we're working on. Um, the, the difference between the, the Cork market and the one above in Dublin is that uh, we want to actually, this, this time, um, be facilitating uh, the market. Um, if people have stuff that they can spare and they want to bring that they sell to one another there, I, I, I wouldn't be frowning upon that at all. Um, but I, I just don't have it in me right now to be actually organizing it to, to have people to, to sell stuff there. And, and the reason why that is, is I, I wanted to have cannabis growers from around Cork and from around Ireland to actually bring what they've grown here in Ireland mm. um, for, for the consumers to consume and, and enjoy. Because we, we have a lot of uh, very talented cannabis growers in this country. And uh, once this prohibition has ended, uh, we're going to be seeing, you know, do we? Ireland has known around the world for its butter and for all its dairy goods. I think we, we'll have a place in the market, as in, in the global market too, for, for cannabis uh, once the prohibition has dropped. And, and it's coming. Uh, the President of the United States just condemned the criminalization of uh, personal cannabis use. Yeah. So it's, it's coming. Yeah. A lot of people would say, Martin, are you mad? It's a gateway drug. If you legalize cannabis, half the country will be on crack before the end of the year. You just don't buy that. I don't, PJ. I've spent four years in, in college. I have an honours degree in herbal science and throughout that four years I've studied, read more studies than I could count really on cannabis and a lot of the studies that come out with, you know, the gateway and, you know, the, the, the psychosis and a lot of this stuff, these are, um, these, these studies are done with predetermined outcomes, studies that were seeking to find negative outcomes associated with cannabis use. But what about the many conversations that I've had with addiction counsellors? I'm thinking, for example, of Michael Yearin, a good friend of the show. And Michael has told me repeatedly the number of people he has counselled through their addiction who started out on cannabis. He's lost count. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's like saying people who get addicted to alcohol, they all started off on milk, PJ. You know, the correlation isn't causation. A lot, a lot of people who develop drug addiction that they might start with cannabis and then cannabis actually isn't enough to overcome what it is that they're trying to escape. So they move on to harder substances. So that that in, like, it, is the reason why cannabis can be associated with people with like worse drug addictions, so things yeah. like heroin and, and the likes. Um, but to bring back, it's, it's not because anything in cannabis causing them to go on to other things. It was quite simply, there was nothing in cannabis to keep them at cannabis. Cannabis wasn't strong enough. It's like a fellow going out drinking pints of beer every night, you know, and he gets immune to that. So he moves on to the spirits. It's a, it's a similar thing. And uh, it's, it's, it's nothing in cannabis causing that sort of gateway. It's, it's, it's a myth. Because correlation is not causation, you know, um, and there is no proof. Uh, there is no proof out there, one hundred percent, showing that cannabis causes people to go on and use other drugs. 
But what there is, PJ, there is a lot mm. more evidence supporting the fact that they might try cannabis first, overcome whatever it is that's getting them down. It's not enough. So right. they get onto something else. And, and largely, again, that comes back to prohibition being a problem. Where are they getting the cannabis off a drug dealer who quite often or not has other drugs to sell right. them to? So that they're like, again, you know, it's the prohibition. Yeah, which brings us back to, to your modus operandi, as it were. You just want cannabis legalized full stop so that something like you want to plan here in Cork before Christmas, it wouldn't be an illegal event. It would be just a perfectly normal Christmas market. Do you think you'd be able to organize it? Yeah, one way or another, um, with or without an indoor venue, we, we'll certainly be going ahead, whether we have to, to mimic the picnic in the park events in the past, or if we're lucky enough to have an indoor event, uh, this, this event will be going ahead. Right. Martin, good talking to you. Thank you. PJ, thanks very much. Martin Condon, do you agree? Would you go to that Christmas market if he found a place to have it? Do you agree with him on what he calls the unnecessary uh, prohibition of cannabis? His thoughts would be... Very welcome. Uh, on Friday, yeah, Friday morning, we opened the show by talking to Sheila Lane, uh, sister of Corkman Kevin Lane. Now, they were very worried about Kevin. He'd been missing since Wednesday from his home in Monkstown. You remember, he left home to go to work. Uh, he never got to work and he hadn't been seen since. He drove an unusual blue Citroen Berlingo 172 Reg and his family were, as you can imagine frantic with worry and we were talking to Sheila, his sister, on Friday well, during the afternoon we got the wonderful news that Kevin had been located safe and well. And what happened to him in the intervening time, I'm sure he will tell his family and all of that, but it's none of our business but he's safe and well and found and that was brilliant news to get heading into the weekend. 0818 96 96 96 It's two weeks to Halloween and you know I don't like Halloween <laughs> but that having been said people will be looking for stuff to watch on the television and I stumbled on something last night I've only watched episode one And I'm going to give episode two a go because I was beginning to think, ah, this is stupid. And then the last five minutes of episode one pulled me in. So I'm going to give it a go. It's a series of, I think it's nine or ten episodes. It's on Netflix. It's called The Midnight Club. And I just, you know the way you're looking for something? Yeah, I found it. It's about a bunch of terminally ill teenagers who are in a haunted hospice. I kid you not. And it's called The Midnight Club. It looks promising. As I said, it was kind of halfway through. It was going to go way out at and it was rubbish. And then just there was a little twist in the story and it reeled me in. So I'll watch episode two tonight and I'll tell you tomorrow whether it's worth getting into. But it is something like number three or four in Ireland at the moment. The Midnight Club on Netflix. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96FM. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary. With corksimon.ie Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Corks 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? 
The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Oh, thanks, Carol. I will. I will. Um, now they're telling me, stick with the Midnight Club. I finished it last night. No spoiler alerts, but I actually ended up crying for some of it. I hope you're well, says Carol. Thank you, Carol. Yeah, I, I, I particularly like the Irish girl in it. Um... Is it, they're calling her Anya, but it sounds like her name is Anya. And she's in a wheelchair and she has an absolutely savage sense of humour. And uh, the, it, it's, it, it, like I said, I, I was fluting around looking for something to watch. And I saw this and I thought, right, we'll give it, we'll give it a go. Ten episodes. You can bail out after one or two if it's nonsense. And I was about 40 minutes into it. They're about an hour long. About 40 minutes into it, I go... You know what? This isn't great. And then, as the as the unbelievables would say, whatever move I made, whatever move I made, I went to maybe have a cup of tea. Actually, paused it, went to maybe have a cup of tea, sat down, and said, "We'll we'll write it out." And wow! So I am. I'm going to stick with it. Midnight Club on Netflix. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six on electric vehicles. Caller says you were talking earlier about electric vehicles in the in the in the floods, I assume, yeah. Did you know it takes ten hours to charge buses and lorries? Imagine if there was a fault in the Dublin bus depot. The whole place would be absolutely choked. I didn't know how long it takes to charge buses. Or lorries. Electric buses or electric lorries. No, I didn't. Thanks for that. 0818 96 96 96. The number, the text or WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie opinion at 96fm.ie best way to get us when we're out of hours as it were when we're not on the air uh, you get the podcasts we do about 30 nearly 30 podcasts in the course of a week including the full show every day if you're listening to any of those and you want to respond or want to add to anything then the email is the best way or if you listen to us we do a little overnight version of the show we squash it down to two hours and if you're listening to that in any strange corner of the world in particular, uh, you want to contact us, opinion at 96fm.ie. That's the best way. Now, Jen, uh, we I, I read this message from you back in, in August. Was it August you had the surgery? Morning. Hey, PJ. Yeah, it was August. How are you? Good, good. This is Jen Bowler from Sparkle. A busy band and a busy month up ahead. So you decided to go to Turkey to get a gastric sleeve. Start at the start, Jen. Why? I did. I did. Um, so I suppose it was my last resort, really, PJ. Um, I've tried kind of every diet and every kind of, you know, gym program and all of this kind of stuff. I've been kind of yo-yo dieting for years, I suppose. But um, I also kind of suffer with a binge eating disorder. So, um for me, it was kind of like a last resort because I kind of lose a bit of weight, but I put up probably twice as much and it was just a vicious cycle like that, like, you know, but um, it was really affecting my mental health as well. Um, Just, I suppose, with kind of social anxiety and stuff like that, I I just kind of found it very hard 
you know, obviously being in the band and stuff as well, like there'd always be pictures and videos going up and I, I dread Monday morning seeing them like and stuff like that, you know. Mm. Um, so for me, it was just, I suppose, the next thing that I had to try um, to try and just to be a little bit happier in myself, like, you know. Okay. So planning for something like this, where do you start? Um, well, I'd had it in my, because I suppose this year I started in January and I was doing the gym and I was doing all the diets and all that kind of stuff. And I was saying, like, I really wanted to kind of change myself this year, like, you know, um, and I suppose I had it in the back of my mind that if it didn't work out for me, you know, doing the normal stuff, that it might be an option. So I've been saving away just in case, um, I suppose, that it didn't work out. And um, uh, a friend of ours got it done then, and I was kind of seeing her results, and a couple of people on social media had got it done as well. Mm. So I was kind of keeping an eye on that. And then I suppose it was around... August time I, I literally only booked it three weeks before going and um, I kind of booked it off impulse really mm. um, and I was like no I'm just going to go and I'm going to do it and hopefully it'll work <laughs> and um, yeah I, I just booked it in August and off I went and uh, I went over to Turkey to get it done How are you so far? Yeah good it's been it's been hard um, the first three weeks were very very hard I found them hard anyway um, just between I suppose I was very sick Um and I suppose with my mental health as well, just, I suppose, going from binge eating to not being able to eat at all was a, yeah. <laughs> a hard transition, like, you know. Yeah, um, like, did you, like, that binge eating disorder that you said, I mean, mm. physical adjustment is one thing, yeah. but that thing is still yeah. in your head, so how do you deal with that? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I found hard. Um, you know, the first two weeks you're on liquids anyway. So I kind of had that in my head. I was like, right, I need to get through the first two weeks. It's just liquids. So it was like protein shakes, water, apple juice, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, um, but I was start, like, I, I was telling everyone after the surgery, I woke up and I was starving and I thought I wasn't going to be hungry because they're supposed to remove your hunger hormone. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I was absolutely starving for the first three weeks. So that was kind of um, a head wreck as well, you know, because I, I thought I'd be like, OK, I won't be hungry. So I'll just have to get my fluids into me. But no, I was starving. <laughs> um, so it was very hard. I actually ended up going to a electric picnic as well in the, I think it was the second week. And there was like food stalls everywhere and like, the smell of all the food and everything. I was like, oh, I want everything. But I couldn't have anything like, you know, I was going around with my oh, protein shake. Talk like, about torturing but, yourself. Uh, I know, I really did, like, I really didn't help myself at all, um, but um, I suppose I'm eight weeks out now and things are getting much better, you know, I can eat um, now small amounts, but, um, you know, I, I feel far more under control yeah. than I was before I went, yeah. and, like, I don't, like, touch wood, I don't have the need to binge or the want to binge or anything yeah. like that, um, and, and I physically can't, which is yeah, great. Yeah, that'd because be very, like, that'd be really problematic, I mean, even if you, if you, yeah. like, you, you'd be in serious trouble if you did binge, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I'd just, I'd just be really sick, like, you know, so I suppose that was my thinking of getting it done in the first place, that I'd override the system kind of thing, like, I physically can't eat more than a certain amount, so... Mm you know, I, I feel like I've solved the problem for myself, like, you know. And, and did, um, you, did you talk that through with a therapist? I did, I did. So I go to um, Onokara Hospital in Middleton um, for my mental health. So I see, like, psychologists and um, psychiatrists and stuff like that. So I cleared it with everyone first, you know, that, look, this is something, obviously, I, I want to do and it's really affecting my yeah. mental health. And they, they all kind of agreed that, you know, once I'm 100% and... 
I feel it would be a good thing for me to do and I got the, the green light from everyone um I, I was very conscious of that as well you know <laughs> that I I suppose was in the right kind of mind for thinking of doing it and stuff like that um but, but everyone was happy enough for me to go but and Jen, get it pe- done like you know people don't think I think myself when they see someone on stage performing producing great mm. music creating an atmosphere like 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 you do in Sparkle that this is going Thank on you. behind the scenes. People don't see that. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose as well, like, it's so energetic, you know, like, we, <laughs> I would have been sweating, like, getting, you know, out of breath. And, you know, it's such a physical job as well, setting up all the speakers and the gear and yes. in and out of the van. Like, you have to be fit. Like, and I, I like wasn't it's sparkle. It ain't you too. No one does this for you, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll have to get uh, we'll have to get on that. But uh, yeah, for the moment, anyway, it's just ourselves looking at everything in out and setting it all up. And you know, you have to perform then for two hours and take it all down again for another hour and a bit, like you know. But obviously, we love it, like. But um, I suppose just my my fitness. There was no fitness level there, and um, so I've just started going to the gym and stuff again now. Um, in the last couple of weeks, and I'm I'm actually loving it. It's so weird. I'm actually looking forward to going to the gym to exercise like that that was never me before I'd be yeah. dreading going in like I still have my lazy days now don't get me wrong but um, I'm trying to make myself go in and kind of you know you just feel better after doing it once it's done like you know yeah that that's a thing with people who, who use the gym or do any kind of exercise they're going I couldn't be arsed <laughs> yeah and then you do it yeah yeah yeah, you just feel so much better actually. Like you've achieved something for the day, like you know, it's mm. um, it's good. I'm really enjoying it anyway. The last couple of weeks, I hope it keeps up. <laughs> and physically, know? physically, I mean, is there much? It is. Is it an invasive surgery, Jen, or is it all keyhole? Um, How do they do it? Um, so it's keyhole surgery. Now I had my gallbladder out last April, and I found that a lot more painful than. Um, this surgery, this uh, when I woke up, um, it, it really is like, well, for me anyway, it was like I'd done maybe a couple of hundred sit-ups and your stomach was tight like that. You know, it wasn't pain. Um, it was more just tightness. Yeah. Um, now, um, it was the sickness really on, ter- on the third week was the, the I suppose I was kind of regret- regretting it for the first couple of weeks because I was so sick and my head was telling me to eat everything and I couldn't have anything. So it was kind of a jumble of emotion. I was very emotional after it as well. It was kind of very I don't know I didn't expect to be so emotional about everything you know um mm-hmm. I kind of just had in my head I go to Turkey I get it done I had it like a routine planned in my head but um it didn't go that way at all yeah. have, <laughs> you, you, know? have you looked uh, into why that was have you talked to your therapist about why that flood of emotions came to you yeah yeah I suppose with the anesthetic and stuff as well it actually brings you very down which I wasn't really aware of that a lot of people feel very down after having anesthetic so I suppose I, I went to Turkey on my own as well, so oh. I just felt a bit vulnerable, I suppose. Um, Cara was supposed to be able to come with me, but she um, like she couldn't get cover for work in the end, so I had it booked. So I was actually going to cancel. I wasn't going to go at all. And then I was like, no, if I cancel this now, I'm never going to go. So Scary I just on your own, I, went on my own. I, would, I would have assumed yeah. she'd have gone with you. Yeah, yeah, no, she wasn't able to, unfortunately, okay. but look, she was minding me once I came uh, home. Um, but, um, like, the travelling was fine. I didn't mind travelling on my own. I was kind of excited about that, but it was just when I woke up after the surgery, then I was a bit needy and mopey and <laughs> just wanted somebody there, like, you know. know. Um, but you look, I had video calls and the rest, and it was great. Yeah, it's but, much um, easier now than it used to be, as they say, video calls. It's not the same, yeah, but, but yeah. it's there, there. So, do you consider the... I, I don't want to go into anything uncomfortable with you, but do you consider the, the, the binge eating disorder now? Is that mm. 
Is that a thing of the past, Jenna? Is that something you have to keep minding yourself about? Um, I'd say it's a bit of both, I hope. Um, I'd love for it to be a thing of the past. I'd love for it to be gone forever. But I'd say, you know, like with my head, like I definitely would have days where I'd still feel like, oh, you know, I feel not great, so I want to eat. Yeah. And was that what, you know, happened, but that what used to happen? You'd have a down day and... Yeah, exactly. I, I get overwhelmed so easy. And no matter what emotion, if it was a happy emotion, sure, we go out for food and I'd be eating loads. Or if it was sad, it'd be worse. Obviously, if I felt down, I'd be really overeating and just feeling so guilty about it then. But sure, I'd just start again the next day. And it's just a vicious cycle. Like, you know, and I'd beat myself up so much in my head then for doing the overeating and, you know, then trying to, like, maybe go for a walk or going to the gym. Not to punish myself, but to try and balance it out and sure mm. it'll just start again and, you know, it was just vicious. And, and how um, much of a message is it in the mind then, Jen, that you now know physically you can't do that? How much is um, a message of a message is that to your, to your head? And does it help? Yeah, well, I suppose the first four weeks, I found it very tough um, to adjust because I was so used to doing this thing. This is my comfort. This is my crutch. You know, some people maybe have drink or drugs or whatever. Food was my thing. Um, so that was gone. And so the first four weeks, I really did find mentally hard. Um, but the last four weeks, it's eight weeks now since the surgery today. Um, but the last four weeks have been brilliant. And I just feel like a new person. Like, I feel like I'm under control in a way that like, you know, I'm eating healthily, I can only eat a certain amount. And for me, it's it's really helping my mental health and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm down two stone and three pounds in the eight weeks, oh, which I never fabulous. would have lost in a year. Like, you know, um, so I'm like, I just hope it keep, continues, you know, and that, you know, I keep it up and, you know, just... Very empowering, it's isn't such it? such a better feeling. Yeah, it is. It is. I really like... I, I really am feeling like, you know, that I'm in charge of my own mind at the minute, which is something I'm never in charge of, you know. So I, I'm really happy with That's that. That's a change because, you know, I, you and I have known each other for a while. You've always been that kind of quiet, reserved person and you you always had that little bit of reticence. But now here you're saying, I'm in control of my own mind. Is that a life first for you, Jen? Yeah, it definitely is the first time I've ever felt in control of it which is it's um it's kind of mind-blowing to be honest you know um I'm so grateful and I suppose like I regretted it so much when I got it done but now I'm so grateful that I did get it done I've gotten through the hard couple of weeks you know and I'm coming out the other side of it you yeah. know I'm so grateful for what, there was a kind of a what the hell have I done go, moment you know? was there oh there was four weeks of that yeah I was really like what have I done to myself like and why did I do it and I wish someone had told me not to go and all of that, like, you know. Um, but you know what? Once I got past the kind of sixth stage, um, like I was saying there, week three was off. I was moving on to pureed food and I was getting sick, I'd say, seven or eight times a day. And I was so weak and I was just drained. And, oh, it was it was really, really tough. Like, and if I, I said this to somebody over the weekend. If anyone had asked me, um, would I recommend getting it done? I would have said no in the first couple of weeks. Like, you mm. know, I just, I would have been like, no, don't ever go. <laughs> don't do it, you know. Um, mm. But I suppose now in the last couple of weeks, if they were in the same, I suppose, mental health situation mm. and if they really felt there was no other way for them, I definitely would recommend getting it done. Like, you know, mm. knowing now that it is tough, but, yeah. you know, yeah, you will get through the first couple of weeks. And yeah. It, yeah. Does, it does seem to work, you so know. you'd be so, saying to them, look, by all means, get it done once it's medically appropriate for you and then beware because the first few weeks are very hard. 
Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't be saying, oh, it's easy, you know, like, and <laughs> it's plain sailing. It's not, you know, and like even, you know, going out for dinner and stuff like that. Then like I went out for food yesterday and, you know, you have to really listen to, I suppose your head is like, oh, I want to eat all of that. But your stomach is like, I literally cannot eat that. Jen, stop trying to feed me. <laughs> um, so um, like I was full yesterday and sure I had to have another chicken wing because I was just, they look lovely like, and yeah. I was sick then after that because I, I I, sh- I knew I was full, like, and I shouldn't have had it. It's you like know, an alarm system. I was talking yeah, to someone literally, like, you know, before. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it's Effie Morphy I was talking to before. Uh, you know, Effie used to sing herself, and she was telling me that when she came back, that that like you you it, it's like your body's alarm system. You can your yeah. body is like your head is saying to you, Jen, by all means, have the chicken wing. But you and I both know you're going to pay for that. Yeah, literally, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So have it by yeah. all means, but you know, mm-hmm. next conversation is with a bowl. Yeah, literally, PJ. That's exactly it. Like you know, so and and you know, for me, that's great to try and uh, I suppose practice self control because I clearly had none, you know, before this. So <laughs> that's all learning to me all as right. well. Um, well, so, I'm I'm thrilled yeah. for you. Yeah. Sounds so happy. I'm thrilled for you. Oh, thanks. You know, thanks so much, PJ. Now, music. Where can we, you, you're busy, you, you're working all over the place, I'm looking at your dates this morning. You're busy, busy, busy. Yeah, we're up the walls, thank God. Um, after the two years of COVID, we're, we're, we're up the walls and um, it's so great to be back. So we're not really doing the two-piece anymore now, except for kind of like ceremonies and drinks receptions for mm. weddings. Um, but we're doing the full band kind of every weekend now. So um, we have a couple of big weekends coming up with the bank holiday and the jazz and yeah. all of that. But you can check out our other I socials. I haven't seen the full band where where yet, actually. I haven't seen oh, the full really? band. No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, you have get, to come along. Let's <laughs> catch that. Let's catch. Listen, my, my best to Caroline and, uh, and to everyone else and delighted to speak and delighted it's gone so well for you Jen Thanks PJ great to talk to you Take care we'll talk again and look forward to catching some sparkle very very soon look if you need help there are many ways you can go bodywise.ie is one website Alex at bodywise that's body W-H-Y-S dot I-E uh, there is a helpline uh, 012107906 uh, that's operating in the evenings and at uh, Saturday mornings or look just start by contacting your your GP 0818 96 96 96 Bernie was on about self-service checkouts says I never used them I'd be afraid they'd take over everywhere or everywhere around you and I also think you're doing someone out of a job when you use them yeah I, I you are kind of doing someone out of a job when you do one of these things when you use one of them but that's the way the world is going. Electric, electronic checkouts are the way the world is going. Although I was getting back to that thing I was reading earlier on. There's now kind of a campaign in the UK of people to just refuse to use them. And I saw a TikTok. Was it a TikTok? It might have been a TikTok. could have been anything. But I think it was a TikTok where someone actually bought a load of stuff, uh, went up. And they do these things now where if you are in one of these entirely automated stores in the UK, that when you've been through with your bags and stuff, they look for your receipt. So this person just completely refused to show the receipt. Um, And they're just, it's not going down well where they're doing it. It's, It's a lot of change. 0818 96 96 96 I'm not too sure if you'd if you, I'd love to talk to someone particularly someone who's in retail 
or has been in retail has been affected by these things. Like, do they cost jobs? Tell me on the quiet if you want to just tell us off air. Like, do you know, is there anyone working in a place where these things have come in? Have they actually cost jobs? 0818 You also have split cork down the middle this morning. Oh, yeah. is, is this the story about the vase? The vase of the vase. The vase. For the vase. A vase. I'm siding with Victoria. <gasps> yes. Might just be the South African in me, but I'm saying vase. Yay! Casey and Ross. Yes. It's Vaz. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Vaz all the way. Yeah, hello. Sorry, no, it's actually a Vaz. It is actually it is a, a Vaz. Vaz. Thank you very much, little person. Good morning, boys. And Victoria. I never heard anybody saying past the Vaz. Lean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lads, it's a f- <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning get into gear for 2023 with No DC Cars Blackpool. Skoda Sales Dealer of the Year. Open 24-7 at NoDC.com. Talking to Martin Condon earlier on about uh, cannabis and his ongoing campaign to legalise it and the fact that he wants to run a cannabis Christmas market here in Cork. And, and his thoughts, we listen to his thoughts on that. Noreen, your own story uh, is more medical uh, cannabis for, for Michael. Remind us again of, of Michael's situation. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Um, so, uh, basically, I suppose we've been in touch before regarding Michael's um, fight for medical cannabis. Um, he went from, I suppose, to make a long story short, being an extremely sick and constantly hospitalised child to leaving hospital and never um, being hospitalised again. Um, I suppose we, we Michael would have been um, heavily involved in the campaign for legalising the medical cannabis, which was done so on the 26th of June 2019. Mm. And yet Michael remains um, one of the children that has most recently been denied it for the final time. Hang on a second. So you know it works, correct? Yes. You've seen it work. Yes. And I assume that Michael's doctors have acknowledged that it works. Absolutely. But and his be- doctor was actually fighting quite hard, um, fighting his case quite hard um, for access and, and she, re- as much as we have been denied. You've been refused access. Why? Yes. Why? So basically there's um, three conditions covered, three types of epilepsy covered under the ACCESS program. Um, that would be Dravet syndrome, Lennox-Gastaut syndrome and a condition called TS. Um, Michael's seizures um, uh, are caused by a condition called polymicrogyria. Um, even though the effect is identical to the other seizure types, it's, it's still a catastrophic infant epilepsy. It's just called something different. And his doctor has said it works, the cannabis works. Yes, uh, so his doctor recently did um, an EEG on Michael, which measures the brain, the electrical activity in the brain. And because I have been paying for Michael CBD myself for the last, since January 2018, and because I'm paying for Michael myself um, mm. to be on the medical ketogenic diet, his EEG was clear. There was no epileptic wow. activity detected. So it's, now, it's, it's CBD he takes, he doesn't yeah, does so he take the THC yeah, one at all, no? 
No, so the new drug that we were applying for was Epidiolex. It's it's a drug that is without the THC. Some of the drugs on the program have THC yes. components, and some of some of them don't. Yes, and the one without the THC works. So, like the kind of CBD that you can buy over the counter in a or online in any number of places, which is one hundred percent. Like, is that that's different? Is it? Um, the most of what you'll see on the shelves here of Ar- in Ireland would certainly not be capable of doing what Michael CBD um, did. You know, so we w- we're importing Michael CBD from the United States. We have been doing so since he started it in January 2018. So it's a higher potency then? Um, it's basically a better quality. It, it's still cannabidiol. It's just, it's how they grow it. It's the extraction process they use to make it. Um, the quality in general, also a higher price. Yeah, it's damned expensive too. It's very expensive. It is. And you get no, you get no help with that. No. Um, Tell me about this medical ketogenic diet then. Um, so this was um, another, this is another highly, highly, um, potent medical intervention for epilepsy. It is available in Ireland, but we were initially refused access to it when we um, applied because of a waiting list. Now, um, the success rate of it for children in Ireland is quite low. They do it differently here than they do it in the United States. Right. So we have um, a lady from the United States who's a specialist dietitian and um, Michael's results were, so basically when he, when he started the CBD, he went from several hundred seizures a month and we were left with about 10 a month. Um, But still 10 is too many for me, you know, for his development, for everything. So then I researched more to look at any other non-pharmaceutical therapies that were out there. And um, we came across the medical ketogenic diet. Um, But every child I know here who has started it has failed it. Um, Or they have had mediocre results when in America the results are life-changing. So, um, I tracked down a dietitian there and we've been under her care since the 4th of February 2021. And um, Michael's EEG recently showed the complete elimination. So the CBD had suppressed the seizures, but not the, the not the electrical activity. And the ketogenic diet then stepped in and has completely eradicated the what they call epileptiform brainwaves. Sure. And is that an expensive diet then? So um, it is. It's, uh, I mean... The ketogenic food in particular, and there's a lot of supplementation involved as well. And, you know, you're, you you can't simply buy the cheapest thing on the shelf. A lot of these things aren't even available in Ireland. You have to order them online. Um, so it's, it is hugely expensive in addition to paying for the dietitian to supervise him as well. You know, we were offered um, eventually after a year to come on the program here in Ireland, but they were going to change components of the diet um, which would make, render it ineffective. Okay. You know, um, so basically, I suppose um, the reason I'm on to you this morning is um, that, um, you know, after five years of, I suppose, paying for Michael CBD, now his ketogenic diet and all of his therapies, we have um, not received any public therapies since 2018. Um, and we're for speech and language OT, physio. There's 110,000 kids on the waiting list in Ireland. Mm. And I suppose at this stage, I have nothing left to give to Michael financially. Um, so I recently started, um, I suppose, fundraising for Michael. It, it was an extremely, uh, extremely hard decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose 
considering that that it's because of expenses that should have been taken off by my hands by the government a long time ago. Um, it's it's a very distressing situation to find myself in, but I suppose um, for the sake of his progression and his continued health, um, I I have started fundraising for Michael um, to get him walking, to get him feeding himself, to get him dressing himself and just performing the activities of daily living that he'll need going forward. None, absolutely none of which we can get here. What I'm harping back to, Noreen, in earlier in this conversation is how your wonderful little boy is being refused this because his epilepsy has the wrong name. Yes. I can't get my flipping head around that, Noreen. I don't know how you're dealing with it. Um, it's just, I suppose, we were so used to being told no, and 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 that happened so recently. I suppose it was balanced out for me. That you know, the disappointment of getting that news was balanced out by the result from the EEG. So I suppose I was jumping for joy in one way, but also, you know, in my head thinking about my finances Costing in another you a way. Fortune you know, just because it's got the wrong name. It's 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 everything. Yeah, it just leaves nothing left now that I know that I will be footing that treatment indefinitely going forward, um, as well as the ketogenic diet. Um, it just leaves it leaves nothing at all. Have you spoken um, to any of our representatives about this, our politicians? Um, yeah, we've had a lot of people involved over the years in campaigning for us, you know, and um, I mean, they're still actively doing that, not just on behalf of Michael, but all children who require access to it, you know. Um, and I suppose there's been a big turnaround, even in terms of Michael's own doctor, who would have now become a big advocate of mm-hmm. of applying for this for for children under her care. Um so a lot has changed for the positive. I wouldn't take you, back a single you don't, thing you don't that need we to did. Name, you, know, you don't need, need to name the no, doctor. No. Probably better that you don't, no. but I think I know who you're yeah, talking no, absolutely. about. Absolutely yeah, yeah, everyone would be familiar in the doctor. area. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely happy that there are children now who are being prescribed this, who do have, I suppose, those specific diagnoses. I wouldn't change a thing about the fight that we put up mm. to get it. Um, I just suppose it's... Um, it's my focus now is on putting a financial net in place to stop Michael from regressing, you know, to keep sure. up the momentum in terms of what we've achieved. How, how much is um, it costing you? Um, it would be so from I worked it out when it's from September 2017 when we started um, his, you know, funding his therapies and then the CBD and the keto. It was over 100,000. That has been basically, um, I suppose, a lot of that has come from my savings from when I was a teacher. Um, It has come from um, child maintenance, which is extremely hardly fought for through the courts. Um, It's okay. Sorry. It's tough. Um, It has come from, sorry, um, selling possessions. And um, I suppose I'm just foregoing um, certain things I need myself. I know. Look, don't, don't, don't stress yourself anymore. I, we can. We, we know what you're saying. We know what you're saying. Um, 
I'm getting cross. Um, I'm not the only one in, in the situation, obviously, but you can only, uh, I suppose, for now I'm focusing on Michael. Um, I like to think we did our bit um, for the cannabis in general across the country. You're damn, you're damn sure um, but we have where, to. Where can people help you if they want to help you? Where can they help you? Um, so I've set up a page on a, a platform called I Donate. Um, it's yeah. the Michael O'Neill Therapy Fund. Um, it's been set up for about a week and we've had some wonderful support so far. Um, it's, I suppose the purpose of it is for in, in the neuro rehabilitative therapy, really. Um, I can just about, I suppose, manage the CBD and the keto, you know, from my welfare each week and the domiciliary and the respite grant and all that. But it's, it, it, I suppose then his physio OT and everything else, there's nothing left for any of that. Um, I'm, I'm attempting to purchase a piece of equipment from him from the United States. Um, that will basically mean he can walk without me holding him up. I, he's too tall now. He's too heavy for for me to be able to prop him in walking. Like I would have done a lot of physio and stuff at home before. But I suppose, you know, when you're doing it for so many years, you know, I suppose I'm not getting any younger. And it's just it takes a huge toll on your mm. body physically, you know. Um, so I'm fundraising for a, a motorized gait trainer for him. And and just for um, him to attend intensive neuro rehabilitation therapy, mm-hmm. um, so um, yeah, that's that's um, where we're at at the moment. And I, um, you know, we have had tremendous support from the public before, massive, massive support. And I suppose I'm I'm reaching out to this very same public again and um, just asking them to to think of Michael and to to have his back where where the government doesn't. And I think we'll leave it there. We'll put your I donate up on our Twitter. Nori. Thank you so much. Our Thank the you. The Michael O'Neill Therapy Fund. Thank you very much and our best to everybody. Thank you. Particularly young Michael. Oh, God. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. It kind of puts a whole lot into perspective. It's a hundred grand she spent on her little boy since 2017. Her savings, she's selling things. She's got child welfare support, but not a lot of it. And she's just cleaned herself out. And now she's going to turn to idonate.ie to try to get some help. And all because, and yes, you can accuse me of oversimplifying this if you want to. I don't care. All because his epilepsy has the wrong name. His doctor says the CBD works. His doctor is looking for him to get on the programme. But he can't get on the programme because his epilepsy has the wrong bloody name. Message from Tim Brosnan who says it's time to ask the city manager or city chief executive as it is these days to come on air to account for her failure to keep the drains clear. The issue of blocked drains has been ongoing for years and there's now no excuse. Well, clearly we knew last evening that there were a few people complaining about the drains. I put it to David Joyce when I was asking him about that and he said all the drains, they've done their best kind of thing uh, with the drains of which he has charge and his crews have charge, they've done their best. But it would appear now that there are blocked drains and blocked sluices and blocked pipes and blocked runoffs all over the city and out into the county, into Carrigline, into Glenmire and into Ballincollig and all those. And it's just ridiculous. And you heard Mags, whose house was flooded yesterday. Her little apartment was flooded. It came up through the showers and everything. But she said that the minute, the minute 
the council, the lads outside, blocked the drains. Whoosh. It all went away. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Quartz 96 FM. Looks like my new favourite show, or at least the show I'm going to give a go to, uh, is very popular already. Uh, the, the, the Midnight Club. One or two more people saying, stick with it, stick with it. Tell you more about that in a minute. But first of all, you know when you go away for a weekend or a, a night away or even a week, whatever, and you're kind of thinking, what will I do with the dog? I'd love to bring the dog. And particularly if you're going to a nice place like, like West Cork. Imagine going down to, to Doris now down there by the Sheep's Head Peninsula. Beautiful West Cork. I mean, dogs love it down there. Absolutely running and playing and beaches and fields and roads and got loads of things to piddle on. Dogs love that. Where do you keep them? What do you do with them? You could bring them to a dog-friendly B&B. A what, PJ? There is such a thing. A dog-friendly B&B. Um, yay, Cork have been talking about this. And Julia Bird uh, is on the line. She runs Carberry Cottage Guest Lodge, if you don't mind, right there on the Wild Atlantic Way. Julia, morning. Hi, I'm hi, PJ. so thrilled. As the owner of two lovable lunatics without a brain cell between them, but would love West Cork. When bring them down, bring them down. When did you start <laughs> doing this? Sorry? When did you start doing this? 20 years ago. Would you, well, about 19 years. We've always been dog-friendly uh, ever since we first opened our doors. But then when COVID struck, we sort of rethought our life a bit, as a lot of people did, and we thought... Actually, what's our favourite thing? And it's actually people that come with dogs. Let's really concentrate on that big time. So that's what we've done. We've built a big sort of 60-metre run, agility course, playground, whatever for them. Because the first thing they want to do when they've been in a car is have a good, safe run in a penned area, you know? Yeah. And, uh, no, they love it. And as you've you've beautifully put what there is on the sheep's head for them to do, it's great. There's no end of things for them to do, to be honest. Yeah, they love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah. And, like, do they stay in the room with your guest or do they have a kennel of their own or what's the story? No, no, they stay in the room with you and there's a fridge in the room, you know, for dog food and bits or indeed the humans may want the fridge as well. They can use it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they stay in their room. I mean, they can sort of uh, take breakfast or evening meals with them if they... Some dogs have anxiety and don't want to be left or don't like or don't want to be with other dogs. You know, lots of dogs have different issues, but we work around that. We yeah. work around that. Do you use crates or are they free to roam the room? They roam the room, yeah. And the, there again, it's up to the owners. The owners that travel with their dogs know what their dog wants and what it needs. Some love to be crated. Some like to be, they're quite happy in the room and they bring their own bed. And uh, they're used to, used to traveling with them and it, it works well. Yeah. But I think with COVID too, there's a lot of people took on dogs, uh, you know, because they have the time. And they're sat now sort of facing, oh, we're having a holiday. We've never been away with a dog before. Yeah. So they, they can sort of come here and try it and see how it goes. You know, we yeah. can, my, uh, Mike, my partner who runs the place with me, has done the sort of first level training of dogs. So we can help with certain issues if uh, they've got them. Super. Now, you, you made a lot of use of your gardens during, didn't we all make a lot of use of our gardens during yeah. COVID? But you adapted yours and now it's it's part of the... Part of the package. 
that's right. They've even got a sort of walkway all around the land. When they do that, they have to be on the lead because you've got lots of animals like ponies and ducks. and Oh, you've got a dancing goose, of course. Who what? doesn't have a dancing goose? Yeah. You've got to have a dancing goose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look it up on YouTube if you're really sure of something to do. Any of your listeners... Carby Cottage Dancing Goose. He put it to music. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I love it's it. a bit quirky. You're getting that, aren't you, PJ? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you see, there you go. I mean, I'm looking at pictures of your playground, and there's a lovely doggy up on what looks like a slide. That's the skin. Oh, yeah, the place that's one of ours. Looks fabulous. Oh my God. Oh, and look at the back garden, as it were. Yeah, Fiskin puts the hens to bed. She's like a collie. She's got collie in her, and she puts them to bed. Right. And if they've laid eggs in the wrong place, she'll go and find them and sit by them and wag her tail till we've collected them. Oh, brilliant. Is that, <laughs> is that a bar? <laughs> is that a bar? You, we've got an outside bar, yeah, so people can sort of... There again, that was when COVID, and people had to be sort of apart from each other but could still gather and the right. dogs could meet oh, and... Keep a few, yeah. keep a few tinnies. PJ, you've got to come and see us with your dogs. Keep a few tinnies or a bottle of wine in the room and come out and exactly. sit in the yard. It must have been a lovely summer then. We were very spoiled, weren't we, with the summer, yeah. Fantastic. And, oh, is that a bedroom then that opens out onto the yard? Yes. Uh, oh I mean, the, the dogs can go into any of the rooms, but that one's got a double doors onto a little fenced area. Right. And it's actually got, um, it's, it's a disabled as well. So sometimes we've had dogs who have, you know, paralysed their back legs, they're on wheels, sure. and they can zoom up and down the ramp. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and then we've got a little self-catering cottage, you know, if people want to be away and not uh, not be part of the B&B. They can have a self-catering, but come in for meals if they want. And we've got some really good sort of friendly pubs on the peninsula that welcome our dogs, like there's um, the um, Arundel's on the pier. They're sort of very happy for the dogs to go in there and O'Sullivan's in Durris. So, you know, we've got a lot of support locally with Fantastic. what we're trying to do or have been doing for years. When, yeah. when the sun shines, you've got a small slice of paradise down west. You absolutely It is lovely. Absolutely <laughs> you know have, it, yeah. You just... Come here. Big dogs, small dogs. I mean... Doesn't matter. Doesn't oh. matter. Oh, really? No, and not at all. We will take any dog at all. And why we've made a point of making it sort of very loud and clear with dog friendly, because people arrive and they say, can the dog get out of the car? I said, of course it can. Why? We've just been to Dog Friendly, and they say the dog's got to stay in the car. I said, no, you stay in the car, the dog comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Julia, I'll see you at some stage. I've got to get down there and see this lovely place. I'd love to show it to you. Cheers. That said, Carberry Cottage Guest Lodge, Dog Friendly, on the Wild Atlantic Way in beautiful Sheepshead Peninsula. There are fabulous pictures of it on on Yay Cork. I want to throw the two fools into the back of the car now. I absolutely do. Uh, brilliant. Thank you, Julia. Nice, nice, lively way to finish on a Monday. The Midnight Club is great. Great topic. Great topics in this. Talk about dying and death and everything surrounding it. It used to be such a taboo, but I've watched it with my 16-year-old, and we pause it at times to have a little discussion. It's education and entertainment all in one. Boring for some, scary for others, but well worth the time you spend. That's from Shanti. I'm looking forward now to watching episode two tonight. Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. I'll tell you about episode two when we're back in the morning, just after nine. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Hear the full show on our app, by podcast or on 96FM.ie.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.